Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 45. In this episode, my friends and I seek to readdress the topic of our last podcast where we talked about the relationship between predestination and probabilities, but we also talk about the knowability of reality itself, what can be known about the world, what can be known about the creator of the world through his creation, get into a conversation on Romans 1, and really just try to um, tie a bow on this whole topic. So if that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. All right, hey guys. Hello. Good evening. Ooh. Well, now people what? listening are going to know that it's evening. Oh. Good night. Oh, ah! <laughs> How's everybody doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing yeah. good. I uh, I went to my Chick Fil A Christmas party last night. Was it a kegger? Are you gonna give more Chick Fil A <laughs> secrets out? Wait, you had a date to that, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to see the date? Yeah. yeah. Show me. Show show our podcast listeners yeah, a picture of your date. It's just a keg of their. This uh, is a very visual of their lemonade. Wow. Is that a Christmas tree? <laughs> on a on a scale of one to on a scale of one to ten, I'd say love, she's about five feet tall. I love oh, that Dan. Wow. She's not ten feet tall. One feet. She's to not 10 one feet? foot. Yeah, she's definitely not a one foot tall Ooh, person. It's all it's all a, good, a ruse. That's a good uh, topic. <laughs> what, what, what what am I on a scale of one Dan, to Dan ten was just foot like, tall? I need a picture with my friend <laughs> so I can so I can show my friends. <laughs> well, I love that Dan sees the picture and he's showing a date and he's like, "Is that a Christmas tree?" The thing, that, the first thing that I saw when he first was like, was the Christmas this is, this is my girlfriend. She doesn't go to the school. She, she lives in another uh, state. She goes to another school. <laughs> Sorry, David. Well, David, What's I'm her name, happy. David? No, don't call her. Don't no, call yeah. Her. No. Don't dox her. But just she's already... Gonna, I mean, she's not going to be listening, just but in if general, she was. It, 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 did the whole night go well? It went extremely well. Did you have a lot of fun? Dude, okay, so... So happy for you. The owner... Bought, uh, so we're doing white elephant exchanges. Yeah. The owner bought a TV. How many pounds? 48, the 48 inch <laughs> How many TV. Feet tall? He bought a grill. He bought a $200 uh, like gift card to a spa. Dang. To a white a, elephant? Yeah, it, dude, this is the owner. Last he just buys, I did a stuff he buys a bunch of crap. Um, he bought a PS5. He bought, I want, see, he bought, he bought an air fryer, which I really wanted, but someone took from me. Oh. I just got a bunch of gift cards. I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't complain How, about that. What was that. the minimum purchase? He bought everything. Open. No oh, one, no, he, he, he did everything. What? Is that not a white elephant? That's just a gift. Yeah. He bought he everything. That's he a threw out the names and like, yeah, that's just randomized it, it was, it was so much fun. Then we played like mini, a lot of mini games. So we went dancing. I, I won for the best, uh, dancer. Dang. I've yeah. seen you dance, so that's D- David says that as he's like rocking the Carlton right yeah. now. No, <laughs> it was like, it was cool because like, was, okay, how I won was like, so, uh, I put like, it was, it was really awkward. So like, I put a chair in the middle and I had a like, Someone sit uh-oh. down. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, man. Come on. It was fun. Well, I don't know what you just said before yeah. you said it. I, I'm going to go ahead and, and say that that's for the best. <laughs> just, it was fun. Oh, it was, David, I was I've like, I've never seen that side of it. Is this the guy? Plan. That's how David got so many gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. was, dude, it was, he didn't get the gift cards from the white elephant. People, he got the were, gift cards. <laughs> people were throwing air fryers and PS5s at him while he was dancing. <laughs> It was seriously like I think it was one of the best dances, like best like dancing I've ever done. It was, was so this, fun. Was this David the guy that the that organized the the COD tournaments also? Uh, no, that's a different one. Oh, yeah. okay. But also we played. Um, did <laughs> you play? That, that was your fish tie. Play. Right what's there. the song called? Um, <laughs> that was. God, what's the song called? Oh, he well, played, actually, he wants ice cream flavored. Played um, Obagam style. 
Yeah, uh, and they like oh, push, and they pet me, they push me like in the middle. It was awesome. That's know, racist, but, but awesome. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. That's racist, but awesome. That's just, well, I didn't want to, want to cut down his the way he. That's felt like a really fun party. It was, it was a work party. Yeah, that is. I it was so never been to a work you enjoyed party that was that exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was so well, much fun. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, we should we should have a Christmas party. Who? Like us? Yeah, Travis. Set it up, man. Oh, next Monday. Put it together. An, um, a uh, post pre millennialist Christmas extravaganza. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if I'll be here. Post pre There's a 50 50 oh. chance Eric will be here. And dispensationalist. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about eschatology. Those are the best odds we'll get. Because <laughs> Eric, Eric doesn't like thinking about the future. <laughs> That's true. I think there's a vanity to it. Uh, okay. Oh, well, not gonna. Oh, well. so I had to join the, the party that you just described is just a bunch of people like with the, the post pre ah uh, and dispensationalists. It's just a bunch of people partying, and then the dispensationalists off in the corner going through the drawers. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you? Why is he the criminal? They're just the weird and like people that are off the side, be like, Aww. oh, I'm looking through stuff, people's stuff. Hey, man. Yeah. I like. I grew up that. You talking about my mama? I Ooh. grew up it. Yeah. You talking about your mama? Now, I don't know if my mom will ever <laughs> no was. was so dispensationalist, she'd be going through drawers at Christmas parties. Oh, wow, that's wearing so... a yarmulke. That's so <laughs> wearing a yarmulke. <laughs> I yeah. showed you the, the meme where it's like Post Malone and then historic pre-Malone. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, Malone and dispensationalist pre-Malone. It's, yeah. it's really funny. Like, dispensationalist pre-Malone has like a stand with Israel flag behind him and like a, an AK-47 <laughs> and a MAGA hat on. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, man. Out. Hey, are you uh? So is this like a romantic interest that you might have? Uh, I don't know. Cause like, yo, I'm I, so I excited. Don't know. Because, because like, we were, we were, like we were, like we were, like we were, I, picked, I feel like that I, means yes. We picked her up. I uh, picked her up. You and picked like, her up. Yeah, like, I, like I told her. <laughs> uh, I told her I would pick. She's like, she's like, I'll drive. Let's go. Oh, no, let me pick you up. It'd be better. Oh, like, let's go pick her up. Uh, they were like we were there talking. They were like we were dancing. Uh, with each other like slow dancing and like they would do like salsa mm. dancing which I had no I don't know how to move my hips but she showed uh, me it's a lot of fun but she showed you yeah is she Dominican? no Puerto Rican? well you I'm do? not gonna tell you what um, dude stop trying to dox yeah. this girl what how does saying where she's from gonna somehow <laughs> is she do female? something? yes dude what? stop giving out her personal information oh, 21 <laughs> questions let's go alright she's bigger than two. a red box <laughs> almost <laughs> anyway, hey man, I'm so, super So, happy. is this a romantic interest that she might have? Uh, I think so. I think we just <gasps> need to know so. how this happened. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is she a believer? Yeah. Ooh. Well, then we're well, done, just... man. Well, it's a check. It was a <laughs> I, was like, right? I was like, you just checked true. The two most important boxes. Only like served to me before work at Chick fil A. How I was told it was like, there was a dance, people were asking people, I went up to her, like, hey, you want to come to the dance with me? She's like, yeah. That's how I saw that. Not a no. you, did you ask because you had romantic did you like, use the feelings word date? or intentions? I said, would you want to go to the dance with me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you guarding her heart? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Did you ask <laughs> because you liked her? She's like, I mean, I think it's like a friend. Romantically. Eric's like, I don't ask anybody as a friend. I would, friend I, to be honest, to be honest uh, if she said no, I was going to ask like these like these other people. <laughs> like she was it not, is probably best she does not hear this. Yeah. What? I mean, I'm going to be yeah, like, for sure. It's just like, it's like just friends. Okay. No, like, like that one. I would have remembered that. Like I was just friends. Okay. Not. Oh, I mean, I, I remember, well, remember all. We'll see if it goes anywhere. Yeah. If it needs to. But the thing is, like, I have a rule. Like, I don't like dating people 
I will quit. <laughs> I, I, I hope that was gonna end in a period. I don't like dating people. I don't like dating, dating people. I will quit. No, no, no. David's into courting. He doesn't like yeah. dating. Mm, bravo. It's the same thing. It. It's the same thing. It is the same. Dating someone dating you work with and dating someone you don't know. No, no, no dating and courting. and dating. It's actually not, but you know. Wow. This isn't the same thing at all. Do you. I think I think one can you basketball takes place and the other. Can you you mark kiss? The pen? Huh? Can you kiss? One of them has like Cody? a defense attorney. I don't see why you can't kiss. Him. <laughs> yeah, but would, could you kiss someone? There's a yes, lot of could. stuff I thought that we were going to talk about tonight. I never thought we'd get to a point where David looks into Eric's eyes and goes, "Can you can you kiss?" That's <laughs> 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 like, my favorite moment in here. Premarital. This is kissing. our version of meet is the fucker okay? or meet the yes, parents. Absolutely. <laughs> David, I don't know what you're trying to say. Wait, are you serious? No, I don't know what you're trying to say. I'm saying yes. Like premarital kissing is okay. So, so why would you? Why would you ask? Can you kiss in courting? You, you think do you know, it's okay? Do you know what courting is? Yes. What is it? No, you know, I might be thinking. Hey, I legit might be thinking of something else. Well, what actually? Yeah, what are you thinking? I'm not gonna say because I'm gonna sound. I sound dumb. Well, what are you thinking? If you're worried about that, yeah. okay, on no, three we say it at the same no, time. No, no, I want to know. It's like, what, what, what is? Well, what, I would say it's just the Christianized form of dating. Yeah, I'd say the main thing, that, the main difference between what I would call like casual dating, dating, and uh, and courting is that the parents are more involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. ew. Oh, I was gonna see those like intentions being different. Yeah, that's right. Like dating is just like I'm just hanging out with this person. With no intentions of where it's going. Yeah, but I think you can date with intentionality. That's um, true. So I, I'd say that, you know, most dating is unfortunately not like that, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ew, that's so weird, like, parents would be involved. I think, I think, I would, I, I, I kind of side with Dan where, like, I would say courting even just starts off as, like, hey, I'm, I'm not trying to put a label as boyfriend-girlfriend, I'm just trying to get to know you as friends but with the intention but with the intention of like that leading into dating you know like you like oh, so someone... you think courting would oh, lead into dating yeah i go back to whoa this, so i would say that courting is more serious than dating wow see, see i see i, I go the podcast i would say like courting is like i have an interest in them i want to get to know them i'm trying to be intentional about that we like each other we're putting a label as boyfriend girlfriend or whatever you want to label it nowadays. But this is why and I call it, it the same. Dating because it has then, nothing to do with courting or dating these ladies. Regardless, yeah, we were talking about. Wait, do you? That's, I'm I'm happy for you. If it's something. Well, just in general. I'm happy you had I, like, connection with uh, another individual. More than that, just like the party was fun. Yeah, the party was crazy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that people liked your dancing. Yeah, it was crazy. I was, dude, I was, dude, I'm not going to lie. Dance? It was some, like, I pulled out some crazy moves. I, like, did not. I, I wish I did, we, I didn't it even was have, recorded and that we could no, watch it right now and, and I, then see if he was still sick. It's like, there was alcohol there. I didn't drink at all. I was like, there's nothing to do with the alcohol. I was just having fun. No, you don't need alcohol. That would have fun. definitely like improved your dance moves. It would have unlocked your hips for sure, no. though. That's true. <laughs> no, I think. But I think. Unlocked. Like a video game. I think it unlocked. It was crazy because at the end of it, I was like actually moving my hips. And I put a flower in my mouth and I'm, it was. I'm not gonna tell you what I what my impression is of that. It was so. actually so much fun. That's, that's, that's Rico Suave David there. Yeah. I mean this really is about the perception of reality. Because this is how he perceived <laughs> oh, yeah. it so, actually. So guys, if if you haven't figured this out by now, we're talking about 
Can one know reality? <laughs> yeah, what, what, sorry, sorry. It hasn't been obvious enough. We, we didn't mention that setup. David's boss also offered them blue pills and red pills for David. David is pills. not even here right now. Yeah. It's unknowable whether he's here, actually. He might be, but the voice that you've been hearing is not David. It also sounded like Miguel in one podcast. So against our better judgment, we're going to revisit Wait, what? or... Maybe you had left up David King, last time. and then uh, we, he, we for two seconds had him pretend he was you. Um, <clears> how was it like you... living the good life for two seconds, man? <laughs> I felt jealous. <laughs> Are you saying I'm a jealous person? No. Oh, but I mean, would it be would it even matter if we don't live in if this is not reality? Would it even matter anyways? Oh, what if we're in a simulation? No, I'm being serious. Like it won't even matter anyways. A simulation it doesn't of even matter. This in the end. <laughs> Why? Why are we in a simulation? Yeah. Because we are. Because the odds are real. <laughs> that is actually odds. the argument that people yeah. use. Is like, okay, as as we as humanity gets better and better at simulating things, the notion that you could live and die in a total, you know, just simulated environment, um, and not perceive that you're in a simulated environment becomes more and more plausible. And so the odds are better that we're living in a simulated environment than that we are not mm-hmm. because of how many simulated environments can exist per unit of energy as compared to actual universes. But again, like, would it, like, would it matter anyways? If, like, no, if we found that's, out, the, yeah, that's yeah. the most important thing. It wouldn't matter anyways. If it's a simulation? Yeah. I, wouldn't it? I mean, what is the <clears> difference between saying I'm living in a simulation and that there's a greater reality beyond my perception than what we already believe as Christians, yeah. which is that we're living in a in a uh, in a slice of what is actually to be experienced, and that there are phenomena and things to be observed that we're not privy to right now, but that one day we will be able to perceive and interact with. Well, I would say if, if simulation or this is just a piece of it, like you said, then the, what matters is what's on the other side because like you know it would take matrix because the matrix made beyond the veil yeah like when he when neo woke up he realized that his simulation was well one it was just using him right so that's not that's not great it Mm -hmm. matters that your life is just being used as a battery for another being and then two Mm -hmm. when he woke up he realized what reality was and how far it was from the simulation Mm -hmm. and then like it goes on to the whole yeah but like who cares though? I was gonna say I think I think the the answer to that is also in the Matrix where Cipher then it's like yeah I was gonna say yeah, so David is, is Cipher yeah oh uh, where he went back I and mean, he's, he's like, he's like every night I would yeah. rather live in the simulation the good life than the reality yeah. the bad life because the the simulation becomes my reality yeah yeah I would just stay in like I'm okay just staying with this life I'm yeah. happy wow and your happiness is really the ultimate measure as to whether you <laughs> lived a Good life, right? Or whether something matters. Well, I mean, this matter. What? Like, this? Like, if, what, if we were saying the same relation, this would still matter to me. Like, this still matters. Like, the memory still but matters. But if, if you knew it was a simulation, why would it still this, matter? This is like, because so honestly, the this is... is the things I feel. This is akin to having a conversation with an atheist, where they say, <laughs> like, look, you know, even if uh, everything is meaningless and there is no God and, and uh... Like, eventually the sun's going to explode and the universe is going to die a heat death and, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
to me, this still matters. To me, it still matters that I, you know, have friends and I have a high score on a video game. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, to me, it still matters. And it's like, well, that's neat that that's enough for you. But for someone who might turn into like a nihilistic school shooter, mm -hmm. apparently it's not. And mm -hmm. you yeah. have nothing like, you know, the Columbine boys, um, like they wrote out their manifesto before they did what they did. And as an atheist, <clears throat> you have nothing meaningful to say to them, to tell them that they're wrong to have done what mm -hmm. they did. So mm. it's like that to me, this feels a lot the same where it's like, OK, well, if it's a simulation or if it's not, it seems to have meaning. So you know, why not just kind of operate within that framework of the assumption that it does have meaning? And it's like, no, I think I think it is important to mm -hmm. dig in as much as you can, but then the question becomes, can you? Right. Can you perceive actual Yeah, so reality? I think the, the question is, can you prove it's a simulation? Which I don't think you can. Which... Because I think the burden of proof is on the other side. I think that so often these questions are thrown out, and it's like, like can, you, can, you, can, prove can me, you prove yeah. it's real? It's like, well, can you prove it's not? Yeah. And I feel yeah. like I feel like so much philosophical philosophical thinking is like given that energy of like yeah. how do we prove reality like Descartes and like all the thing and that's good but it's like I don't think the burden of proof is prove that it's real because everyone is thinking that this is real yeah. and everyone kind of as a child just immediately gets the concept of living in yeah. reality so it's like the burden of proof is on the other side and if you <clears> think <throat> that the burden of proof is on my side and you're just going to operate like you if you think that the burden of proof really is on me, then you should be living as though this is a meaningless simulation and like just, hey, why not just go to the bank, withdraw all your money and set it all on fire? Like, why not just do that? You know, if, if mm. you're if you're saying that the more likely scenario is that this is all, you know, meaningless, whatever, then why not just do that? Mm. Also, what would be the reason to be in a simulation? Like, what? What would there be any reason for to... Elon Musk's entertainment as <laughs> yeah. he creates the? I think if you the metaverse or no, that's a what's the, who's the guy? That's uh, is that Zach, guy? No, uh, Zach, Zuckerberg. Zach Zuckerberg. Zach Zuckerberg. Yeah. Zach Mark, Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Double Z. Mac Zuckerberg. Zach Mackerberg. <laughs> um, like that's the thing that's gonna get us canceled. Is mispronouncing <laughs> what Zuckerberg's name. He's got algorithms. He tracks you down. No, oh, we don't believe in those algorithms. Oh yeah, no, yeah. we don't. Correct. You're yeah. right. Uh, yeah, it was the last week's episode. <laughs> it's like, it's, this is going to be the new milestone listened, theory. If you had uh, listened, uh, the, Daniel, if trying. you had listened like I told you to last week's. <laughs> hey, uh, there's only a 50 50 chance of him having listened. That's okay? true. Give him, give him a break. No, it is no, true. no, no. There was a 100% chance that he would not listen to it. Well, because yes. Because that's the reality that we find it. Oh, yeah. so you've already changed your. your <laughs> no, what I'm saying is in the possibility it was 50 50, but since it's already happened. Oh, and, right. and Miguel, by the way, that's called Calvinism. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Oh, and, and just it so you know, like, wait a minute. Here's wait, the thing. Did you said the possibility is fifty fifty is Calvinist. Well, the the fifty fifty. No, 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 no. It's, it's God's eternal decree. Right, but when you when the event hasn't happened yet, we would say God's eternal decree. I no, I agree. Hundred percent. There's no. 50 wait, why do you agree? Do you hundred percent agree with it? No, because we're talking past. We're talking past each other. Uh, the fifty fifty is either God will allow you to have watched or listened to it, or He wouldn't have. It's still God, one hundred percent. We, I agree. While that unknown is in the future, as regards to our current perspective, yeah, you would say it's fifty-fifty, and then it becomes one hundred percent one way or the other. Once it happens, once it crystallizes, you would say 
it's yeah. 100 it was 100 not that it was god but it was 100 this is what god wanted See what i I'm think saying? dan's about to tell you that it would have been 100 regardless because god's will because as god's, a calvinist because is, god um, made his no no, no but, but we're free. saying for our perception for, for our, perception. our purposes of trying to understand right so the yeah. if and our in, in human responsibility that's woven into the whole thing as well right so when so, I mean, do you understand or I don't have? To I know. I, I, oh, okay. I think I'm getting what you're saying. Because I'm not disagreeing with like you. From that, our perspective. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's like because God is either going to allow something to happen or not allow it to happen. So there's the only mm -hmm. two options. It's still 100 percent. If you God. boil the question down to listening to that podcast of that episode, yes. Yeah. But there's also the factor that well, was I going to listen to a thousand different podcasts? Mm -hmm. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. That was a I didn't listen to a podcast. But what if I listened to another podcast? I think we could simply just boil it down, whatever you were going to do. You can one, boil everything down. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We would boil it down to, you were going to do what God had determined you to do, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you just have to have a hundred, you know, what, thousand of those boiled downs every second. A hundred coins Because to there's not always just, like, one choice that you're faced with. Oh, sure. Well, that's why I yeah. don't, don't necessarily believe that algorithms are... Well, that's... That still is. It's just you're just de describing it differently. Yes. You're describing millions of fifty fifties versus like twenty of thirty thirties. Yes, I would, and, and I agree. Like I think mathematics 30, 30, 30. Is, is. I'm terrible at math. Why am I the one doing this? <laughs> no, I mean I'm just saying like math is a way. Is, I just said is, a million uh, fifty fifties and cut it down to twenty thirty thirties. That can't be that's correct. That's probably math. right. <laughs> is it? I mean, you know, math. Sure. math, math it's the it's the <laughs> there, there's a fifty right. fifty chance you're right or wrong. I'm gonna yeah. stop making probability jokes. I'm gonna make them too much. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I I don't I don't necessarily disagree with. The, okay, can, if if we do want to revisit this just to get Daniel <laughs> up to speed but it's like I, I really don't want to spend yeah, a lot of time on this. The, the main, the I main get contention the, I just think it's funny. Uh, simulation. Yeah and, yeah. and I, I'd like to get there too but it's like the main contention was the statement that um, to consult any type of um, calculating mechanism that tries to, to you know perceive probabilities about the future you know in, any type of algorithm mm -hmm. um, to, to consult it and then to consider that data is equal to the sin of consulting an oracle who's going to come well, up in the... Well, that was not the original statement. I said that that's not consistent with Calvinism. But No, that is what you said, is that it's... it's this, I first it, said that it's not consistent with Calvinism, and then when we were talking about it, I said the vanity in it, it is... It, it is I would say that it is it parallels in a fundamental way. But you would way. say that it is, it is the same as the sin of doing that, because you would say that there yeah. are personalities. Well, yeah, that you're consulting because you're making a god of yourself and you know yeah. whoever it is that made okay. but but that's i i think we talked ourselves in circles because we weren't talking mm -hmm. about actual scenarios mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it was more like we were just trying to to throw our arguments at the abstract concept that we were talking about instead of talking about how it actually touches life okay you know yeah. so but yeah the 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 idea that to factor in data that has been processed through algorithms that calculate the odds of the future is the sin it, it is the same category of sin and it's the same in its uh sinfulness as to consult a oracle that's going to pray to molech and and spill the guts of a goat and look at them and and make a prediction about what the future is going to bring and it's like you know I, I i'm not i'm still not there and i don't think you have to 
one, I don't think you have to be a Calvinist to not be there. But two, I don't think that if you are a Calvinist, you must be there. Hmm. You know? That's good. Back to reality. Well, I mean, that's... Or, or not reality. Oh, Is it a simulation? We'll get back to that. Yes. Or was there a lot... No, I mean, that no, just... That. I wanted to bring yeah, you up. Yeah, no, that's that, helpful. That's the shortest way to to let you know what it is that we had talked about before. Mm. So, so accountants are the new sorcerers? Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know much about accounting, but if, are they... Most of what my dad does is is forecasting future budgets by saying, right. like, we're, gonna, we're going to, via calculations, project how much income we might make. Right. And actuaries are just profits of the devil. Well, no, but, like, I would say that doing that would... would probably make more sense in Miguel's worldview where you have possible futures mm -hmm. but but like you were just saying earlier we, there is no possible future right mm -hmm. so that's the whole thing and so there's a vanity uh, the reason why I started off with saying with the Calvinism mm -hmm. is because that has the strictest sense of sovereignty mm -hmm. in any other Christian worldview mm -hmm. and then the sin part is that the, the premise of, of odds doesn't account and it can't account for the supernatural, whereas the premise of Calvinism does. Mm -hmm. They don't coincide with one another. And so you're you're using natural means or your, your own mind or whatever to try to predict the outcome of something. It's like, mm -hmm. in the end, I think you can translate it as, this is the likelihood that God will ordain this to happen. I think that that is presumptuous. Mm -hmm. I think that that, mm -hmm. even if you've mm -hmm. come across a pattern, even if it works, mm -hmm. As a Calvinist, and I think this is what Christianity is. I don't yeah, Christianity is Calvinism. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> milestone over here would agree. But, <laughs> I was waiting for how you well, well, because like, I, and I'm like, I would have a different conversation mm -hmm. than yeah. I would have with Miguel than, than mm -hmm. well, than you two, because mm -hmm. I don't know where David is. I no, think, I think there, I would, I would want to differentiate uh, fortune telling or the mystic side of it that is consulting demons, like actual demonic powers. Sure. I would want to differentiate that from, uh, like what we were talking about with, uh, uh, what was it? Probability, which is couched in, uh, which is couched in discovered by observing the predictable pattern of the universe via God's creation of a predictable regular universe that he sovereignly ordains and each day, uh, operates according to his his uh consistent nature go ahead okay i think that's a great place to tie what we right. to tie that into what we were talking about before because it's like last week eric and i kind of continued um the discussion for not very long i had to go to bed but it's like um the the main thing was now i asked the question like do you bedtime. what's that now they know we're podcasting at bedtime well right now it's before bedtime <laughs> but in another three hours <laughs> it'll be past bedtime um come before you know it yeah uh so then we, we kept talking and then my um question because we talked about the difference between you know experience and um you know revelation and all those sorts of things and then I asked the question to Eric. I said, do you believe that we can know things about reality via the use of our senses? And Eric said, no. Not reliable. Well, okay, but yeah. like, if you're to say with 100% certitude, then I'm like, sure, yeah, I fine, I agree with that. But the, the specific proposition, like, I mean, I actually kind of want to look that up because it's like I, I wrote it down specifically though I'd know it. Okay, so I, I, this is the quote. Um, the statement, 
you can use your senses to know more about external reality is a false statement. And that, that you wound up agreeing to that statement. That that, that that idea that you can use your senses to know more about external reality is a false statement. Not to know perfectly, but even to, to know more, to, to have more data in your mind about what external reality is, what conditions are outside of your brain, that it's a false statement to say that you can know more about reality via the use of your senses. And there is no use of the word like perfectly or 100% reliably. It's just to know more than you knew before. But if you don't, if you don't define it, then, then we can both be right and wrong at the same time, you know? Because if, you, if you're saying that, well, I believe to this that, extent... I believe that I can use my senses yeah. to gather data okay. that my state after having used my senses is a more informed state than having than before uh, informed as to what, what the conditions are of the world around me. And I'm not saying that it's infallible data or that my eyes, you know, don't, um, you know, that, that they perceive things perfectly or whatever, but it's like, I do know more than I knew before. And I'm getting more, I would say, I'm getting more real data than errors factored in through the use of my eyes. So I know more than I did before I looked. I mean, I would say maybe in some instances, yeah. I'd say in virtually every instance. Can you give me this way you want it? Will yeah. your eyes deceive yeah, you? Yeah. A hallucination. I mean, yeah. You know, uh, so so that gets to the question of like, how can you know? Like, have you ever heard of solipsism? You want to hear no. ever heard of that? It's the idea that you are the only thing that exists, and that okay. everything like. Your perception of, like, the Florida Turnpike and, you know, the, the Chinese Communist Party and the planet Mars and Greek mythology. And it, it's like your perception of all that is just fabricated by your mind. And your mind is the only thing that exists. Right. And it is elaborately just inventing all of these other ideas. Right. And it's like, is that a falsifiable claim? Or the idea that people will say, um, I think it was, wasn't it like one of the Taoist philosophers that was like, I had a dream that I was a butterfly and I awoke and I wondered, am I a man who had a dream I was a butterfly or am I a butterfly who is currently dreaming that I'm a man? And then, you know, that gets painted with this depth of like, oh man, he's really profound. But it's like, you know, okay, I kind of get that. It's like, is it falsifiable? Mm -hmm. So, or is it, like, can you inform your view as to whether or not that is true? Well, Question mark. <laughs> well, so... For me, um, just going back to the, the topic at hand about perceiving reality, I would say as a Christian that the way that we actually can uh, perceive reality, the best way we can, is through Scripture, right? Mm -hmm. And the fundamental difference, right, uh, the fundamental difference between um, any of the natural sciences being using that as a tool for and marrying that to your senses is that the, the scriptures are revelation. They start with God and then come to man. Whereas when you're using sciences and your senses, it starts with you're you. You're starting with the natural wait, realm. Wait, wait. And... I, I don't think I understood you because mm -hmm. by... I love our... you with the goatee, by the way. I'm just saying. Thanks. I love him real. without the goatee. I love you, you know, whatever happens. How can I exist in both states at the same time? <laughs> I want everyone to love me. Schrodinger's <laughs> goatee. Schrodinger's <laughs> facial hair. <laughs> if... I, I don't know if I understood you well, because, like, isn't our intake of the scripture 
using our senses and and our perception of the re- like that's on the assumption that perception of the words on the page even is what perception of the words yeah. on the page yeah us, the assumption that the pages are real and not yeah like I, I I'm not understanding the premise on this argument well the the premise of the thought of what scripture is is that it's revelation okay now can can I can I use revelation to prove that my senses are correct in a sense i mean there is circular reasoning behind it there's faith yeah. there's presuppositions yeah but there's there's presuppositions and faith with everything the, okay. the the problem is if you realize that um within like if it's always starting with you that it's fallible right and you could be wrong then you then the only way out of that uh conundrum is to have something another source right so the fact that scripture is claiming to be another source in uh, the world that you have where it's like, well, in my own senses and everything, it's, it's fallible. That makes sense because well, I'm, yeah. I'm seeking, I have to seek out another source. So does that prove that scripture is, is, is true or does it prove my understanding of scripture to be true? No, because you can never use a system of thought that proves itself. Yeah. Okay. So you so you're just stuck there, but mm-hmm. the fact that you can see that you've made mistakes, right, and with your senses or, or, or whatever, that there's something that's claiming to be other than that, well, th- that would make sense within what you're seeing. Like, okay, I would need that if 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 there is to be truth, it has to be found outside of me. Does okay. that make sense? I, I think I. I think you have to start you. outside of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's that's oh, one reason yeah. why Eric, when you made your statement about like, you know, the the best most reliable source of information about reality is the scripture, like Daniel went uh huh, and then Miguel went like wait he kind of like you know his face scrunched up like I don't know if I'm understanding this correctly, but it, it I think that does have something to do with you know other uh, like different presuppositions, but it's like well you well, know my... the, the, one of the things we were talking about last week. It's like, okay, do we believe that the, um, or, or I guess a really easy one to start with is like, do we believe that the laws of math are fallen? Yes. Like, no. do we believe that mathematics, um, like the, the types of calculations that give us, you know, not just like two plus two equals four, but like the identity of pi or uh, what is? Have you guys ever heard of? It's either Euler's or Euler's constant. Yeah. It's like e to the power of i. Yeah. Pi or something. It's it's really. Hmm. I, I've I've had it explained, and I'm not a math guy, but it's like there's this intense beauty and order to it, um, and, and I would say that I believe that those laws are pretty much unaffected. Like we use them in uh, fallen ways. And we misunderstand them, but I would say that they reflect a reality that's deeper than like, oh, well, you know, like plants now have thorns on them. And so like biology has been tainted and, uh, you know, just all all these other things like psychology has been tainted, biology has been tainted. But I don't know if I would say like Boyle's gas laws are something that has been corrupted and uh, warped by the fall, you know? Like, you know, boil, boil think, gas laws hmm. about, I think like, temperature, that, pressure, all that. I think they're done within a fallen system. So, I, 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 math 
and laws and all of those things are descriptive of the environment. Yes. So what they're describing is a fallen order. But do you believe that their capacity to describe that fallen order is somehow like diminished um, or diminished or, or yeah, just corrupted um, by the fall? It's an interesting thing because I mean you know uh, David has asked this question I feel like several times. And you guys were some of you guys were talking about it earlier. Is like is math discovered hmm. or invented? Oh. And I'm I'm a Christian, so I, I feel like the Christian answer needs to be that it's discovered because like we don't uh, we don't decide that you know pi is the ratio of a circle's circumference to its diameter. It's like we just kind of found that out, mm-hmm. you know. And it, to me, math and understanding math more and more thoroughly is probing your way into a deeper understanding really of who God is because God is the one who set things in order. I I don't actually think that is the Christian answer. I, I think that scripture would actually speak against that idea because languages, though they're preordained by God, are man's way of trying to describe his perception. So if I give you like this, if I gave you this object, right, and I say... He's holding a smartphone right now. Yeah, um, to describe it for me, right? And then David, in using English, the language of English, a verbal language, says it's a, it's a smartphone, it's black and smooth surface. Okay, that's how you're describing your perception. If I gave it to you and you decided to write a mathematical equation that, that measures its dimensions and maybe the processing speed or whatever, that's how you're describing your perception. If I gave it to Dave, or sorry, not Dave, but to Dan, and he writes a song about it in which he's describing the the phone through song, that's a way that he is mm-hmm. perceiving it. I think that's all preordained, but I wouldn't say that that's necessarily us discovering God because you can't discover God that you're going well, against the and, idea of revelation. But I, I would say that the, any, any shortcomings in our description of the phone are not necessarily shortcomings in the English language itself, but rather in our capacity to wield it. And, and I'd say, you know, I, I get that math is a language. I definitely would say that it's a, it's different mm-hmm. in category than like, you know, Portuguese or, or Russian well, yeah. or Swahili yeah. or whatever. So it's like, okay, but I, I believe that any deficiencies in our ability to explain things lie with us. And then the, the only caveat that I would put to that is that, like, obviously I believe that God is incalculably infinite and unable to be described. Mm-hmm. Like, to describe something literally means to draw a circle around it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so to mm-hmm. to circumscribe mm-hmm. almost it's like yeah. to describe something means that you're limiting it and so it's like yeah you can't um you can't limit him and you can't describe him but he it's it's like he has given us that tool um to know more just just like he's given us vision mm-hmm. and our vision is corrupted um and just like he's given us you know all these other things it's like okay but the the flaws are almost like a different thing than the vision itself, you know? Like, um, there are aspects of the fall where it's like the, the, the corrupting of a thing was by addition, you know, by adding something else to it that had a negative impact on it. I, um, one thing uh, I told Eric, because uh, we've been talking about this, is like... Yeah, you so guys I have think, been talking yeah, like every day on the phone. Yeah, pretty much a lot. Yeah. Uh, so one thing... Um, I, oh, I, what's, I, what's the movie? Is the movie called Pi? Not the life of Pi, but Pi. Have you guys ever heard it? I'm, anyway, never mind. Keep going. Uh, is that uh, uh, I I 
I, I was on the side that I think God mm. gave us these algorithms and all these things to help us with our lives. And the reason I told him I think God gave us this is because he knows as humans that it is impossible to have 100% faith in God. It's impossible to 100% believe, trusting in God. And so he, he, him knowing that it's, it is impossible because of our sins, because of our own human, he has given us these tools to help us with our future lives and like how 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 things are supposed like how we can expect things to happen just because like and I, I was on this I kind of told Eric like I think if these things didn't exist and we had to fully trust in God 100% I think we would I think there'll be um well like Travis would say you wouldn't think of Christians but I think there'll be a lot more people leaving the faith I think there'll be more people a lot more people blaming God for a lot more things with stuff like this so I think God knowing that we all, we cannot fully trust in Him, that we do not have 100% faith, He's given us these tools to help us out this stuff. Mm. I, I think I understand what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm comfortable with saying it exactly like that. Because, like, God gives us sufficient faith to believe in Him, you know? And right. He would do that. He, he does that for blind people, and He does that for... Um, people with, you know, below average IQs, and he does that for geniuses, and he does that for, you know, like people with all sorts of limits on their uh, capacity to to perceive mm. and to interpret the world around them. Mm. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that necessarily God gives us these things to fill up what is lacking mm. in like in the faith that He's giving mm -hmm. us because He gives us perfect faith. Mm -hmm. Not that we exercise it perfectly, but it's like mm -hmm. He. He gives us the grace that we need mm -hmm. to overcome uh, sin and temptation and to pursue him and to, you know, to mm -hmm. make it to the end, make it to the grave. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, as I'm chewing on this, just to throw this out there, uh, to kind of break down the 200 years of trying to split secular and sacred, which are an indiv individual, mm -hmm. indivisible things, what in your life do you see that's not revelation what in your life do you experience that would that is not revelation well you're saying like natural revelation special revelation like it's it, that it's, it's neither of those things it's both revelation yeah yeah so where where do you experience an avenue in your life where god is not revealing himself and teaching you about what reality is mm. Well, I, I would say, you see, there, there's the danger with that thought because. <laughs> I was going to say this is where Eric and I are probably going to diverge. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know why we would diverge though, because I believe that, and, and I would say that as, as you guys are cessationists, that this is, I think I'm speaking your language, um, where I would say that it, it was scripture that God gave us to understand him and which he chose to reveal himself. Right. And even this idea that you would say, I'm, I'm sure you're going to go to Romans 1. <laughs> Look at what Paul says is revealed through the natural world. It's it's his eternity and his power. Mm -hmm. And people have studied the natural world in different cultures, in different religions, and, and have perceived there being a power and perceived maybe mm -hmm. there being eternity and has not led him to Jesus. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying it would because yeah. the, the difference between general revelation and specific revelation, yeah. you have to have specific revelation to have faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. But what I'm saying is they're both the revelation of God, of him teaching you who right. he is, 
So there's not a level to which you're, that you're, you know, I'm... Well, and you said, you had said in your initial thing, not just who he is, but about the world. Mm-hmm. Like that he's revealing things about the world yeah. around so, you. I mean, would you agree? So when you, so when you're, when you look at uh, something like uh, the consistency of the sunrise, his his invisible attributes, his internal nature his is being showed yeah. to you by by saying God is unchanging because he is rising, he is causing the earth to rotate um, the same way every single year, year after year. Okay, and um, what what would you say about people who've um, studied the natural world? Mm-hmm. And have come to the conclusion that there are two eternal forces that are opposed to one another. Like so that, a dualism. Yeah. I would just keep reading in Romans 1. That, no, that, no. They, again, we're not talking about special revelation. We're talking about the, the natural revelation. The general revelation. Yeah. So Romans 1 answers that. So what they're, does studying, Romans 1 say? they're studying the natural about world. Jesus. And, the, <laughs> and the natural world is uh, showing every single second mm-hmm. the eternal nature of god okay. the divine attributes and all that stuff it's showing it's screaming about god yeah and then it's and then paul goes on to say these people who see that it's made plain to them by the things that have been made that's plain it's obvious okay then they suppress it mm. and the suppression that people do via sin is to say i'm going to come up with a different answer even though it's obvious but again that that betrays the necessity of the bible because if you could if if you could through general revelation know who god is then why did you need the bible because everyone is suppressing the knowledge (laughs) well so i'll 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 say this i I don't believe that paul's talking about everybody when he says that i think he's talking about in the beginning when people traded the image if i was to observe the natural world Mm -hmm. i understand the dualists Mm -hmm. um why they believe what they believe because mm-hmm. you, you have, have day and night you, you have you but, know winter but mo- most summer. importantly and most fundamentally you have life and death mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you see death as a constant just <clears throat> like you see life mm-hmm. but through scripture we know that death is actually an enemy of god mm-hmm. but you'd never know that by just observing your natural world because it's happening as such a constant mm-hmm. it is right there hand in hand with life mm-hmm. so i think what scripture and if you look at how they observed and what they recorded in scripture mm-hmm. if you look at we, you know, we talked about the wisdom scriptures, which, mm-hmm. which I think is is will play a part in this discussion, is that y- you can't, by a simple observation, understand how things are going to work or how they do, in fact, work. And you're going to be so like there is some optimism in Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Proverbs is just giving principle, mm-hmm. but Proverbs will say things that we have ourselves said. It's not always going to work out that way. There really isn't an algorithm to mm-hmm. to to use to mm-hmm. somehow figure out when or it, it will or it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you come into Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiastes is like, yeah, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to know these things under the mm-hmm. sun. It's, it's far different. And this is all a consequence to the world and the, the, the whole reality that you have being mm-hmm. fallen because yes. Right. Yeah. And so it's like when we live in a fallen world, you cannot observe uh, 100 with, I would say you cannot certitude. know. Well, it's not even the certitude, but you cannot know God by observing a fallen world. You cannot know an unfallen being by simply observing fallenness. You can know things about him, yeah, but yeah. you can never know him fully. Right, and I would say that what Paul says... And you can says, never know the specific things that you would need to know to really... Yeah, to really know. understand. So, like, what Paul says you can know 
are actually very general things. It, you, you, you can know that God is powerful and you can know that he's mm -hmm. eternal, which I think you can see through philosophies in different parts of the world where mm -hmm. like that's hitting. But why does someone go to dualism or why does someone go to Buddhism or why does someone go to some other philosophy? Mm -hmm. It's because they cannot understand God through their own fallen nature and through the fallen nature of their reality by simple observation. Because of them suppressing it, not because it's not there. I, I don't think that we were just suppressing mm. God. I think all God had because, to do is just relieve us of the suppression. We don't need a we don't need the scriptures. We just need to be relieved of the, the suppression. What the doing is relieving you of suppression. That's that's what that's the case Paul's making. The wrath of God is revealed against people because even though God has made plain to them, they suppress the knowledge of him post fall. They suppress the knowledge which has been clearly seen. They don't glorify him. Therefore, something needs to be done that this special revelation be given right. so that that suppression, those blinders get taken off and they give the goggles of faith. Now they can see via the scriptures who Jesus is, who God is, and can worship him rightly. Yeah, but, but and maybe we're talking past each other again. You wouldn't say that they're suppressing the knowledge of Jesus Christ, for instance. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but uh, you're saying of the incarnate... Jewish, the like okay, a descendant of Abraham, a descendant yeah. of David, with all these messianic prophecies and the salvific doctrines about him. See, the everyone that is suppressing is post fall. I, I, I don't disagree. I, I but so I'm, it's not I'm it's not that that the fall is like okay, so God was making all of this stuff plain from the beginning, and we were not fallen, so we were you know before Adam, so he was in perfect relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Then the fall happened. It's not like God said, now I'm going to turn off my revelation of myself. He already created the world to reveal who he is. And it's us that's ignoring I, it. I, I don't agree because what did you have in the garden? The, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. And we were not allowed to eat that. And we did through sin, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. We, we, we can't mm -hmm. quantify the consequences of that. Mm -hmm. So even through what he created, he still did not create the knowledge that we still get from scripture or even from knowing him, we would only know what Paul says we know. And again, that's why I say that he's talking about in the beginning where people, mm -hmm. it was post fall, mm -hmm. but I believe that God was far more, uh, mm -hmm. I don't want to say involved, but involved in a certain way that he isn't so aptly or not aptly, but as often evolved, involved mm -hmm. nowadays uh, that they, we're suppressing the knowledge of him and we're turning to the creation to worship the creation. I think that that is talking about the people pre-flood, post-fall, pre-flood. Post-fall, pre-flood, in Romans 1. Yeah. His case that everyone in the entire existence of the world has sinned is of only pre-flood. Well, when he's talking about everybody's sinning it, through, through Adam, that's where he's talking about globally. But I think in mm -hmm. Romans 1 specifically, he's talking about pre-flood because then it'll talk about god handing them over to their lustful desires and committing homosexuality well that's not everybody not everybody's a homosexual or, or given to that so i think he's talking about specific people mm. and because he's he's actually going through mm -hmm. the beginning he's actually retelling genesis in a way what would the point of that be well because you have gentiles that that have no idea about mm -hmm. this story and no no idea about the jewish scriptures that describe mm -hmm. the world prior to that so like He's talking to people that have, you know, this podium that's dedicated to an unknown God. And mm -hmm. he has to tell them, well, let me tell you about this unknown God. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't say, just study more nature. Mm -hmm. He has to describe to them the scriptures and everything. And so it's like, 
I think that through... So you're saying that the Romans is him just going through and re-describing the Old Testament. In a sense, yeah. Yeah, and then when he gets into two, right, he'll talk about the law and how people who don't know the law... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there is... Um, I, I 100% agree that, mm-hmm. like, within us there is this original design that mm-hmm. God... Within every human being. And that there is this conscious, right? Mm-hmm. Or conscience. Um and we have a, a sense of morality, mm-hmm. whether we agree agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. But to get like, you know, is is in the I guess going back to what I was saying about Romans one, mm-hmm. if well, I don't know if I can say this, but Adam and Eve were not created with the knowledge of good and evil; they attained it through sin, mm-hmm. that undoubtedly tainted the mm-hmm. idea of good and evil in their minds. Mm-hmm. And I think that they still obviously had to be taught by God what was good and evil. And that became more and more, mm-hmm. I don't know if I say revealed, but mm-hmm. it, it, it started to become more and more issues as time mm-hmm. went on. And then, uh, you know, you have the story about the, the patriarchs and Israel and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's using all that to reveal himself. And then mm-hmm. scripture is recording that as he's revealing himself. Mm-hmm. But that would be so unnecessary if it was like, all we're doing is just suppressing what's already in front of our eyes. And I'm like, it, it, I don't even think it's a willful suppression. I think as you, you see in Romans eight, Paul says he's, he's put all of creation and in, in subjection into this frustration mm-hmm. that's groaning. It, it wants mm-hmm. for there to be the way that God wants it to be, mm-hmm. but it cannot, it cannot free itself. You that's, know? Yeah. And that's referring to the earth, not people, not fallen people. That's the effect well, the fall had on the earth. But, and, and, and the beings. So it's not like people who are like, oh, gosh, I really want to be saved, but I can't. But you wouldn't you wouldn't consider uh, part of creation the, the beings in on I think Earth? what Paul is talking about is the active rebellion of people that are suppressing the truth. Because he go, then goes on to say, they are now without excuse. That is why the wrath of God is revealed against them. That is why people who, even people who haven't heard the scripture, if you say, oh, you haven't heard, you haven't got a chance. That's why they are still condemned. because they ha- Because they are choosing to reject God. I mean, point, I, I, I think it's it's making. worth a, a discussion, but I, yeah. I don't I don't know that I would I, I personally don't think mm-hmm. that that's exactly what Paul's getting at, mm-hmm. and I think the the problem with saying that is like people really aren't ignorant of the gospel and the person of Jesus, and it's like um, I don't I don't understand why we would need to find or, or yeah find churches in other places and then mm-hmm. have Bible studies in other places. When it's like this is so apparent, it's it's it seems like because of the fall, it is not apparent. It is not going to be able to be apparent without God freeing you of that. And so it's like mm-hmm. uh, to say that they are actively suppressing, like like God is revealing, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus, Messiah, sin, sacrifice. Yeah, I wouldn't and, put it. I wouldn't have it. It's it's that there's enough yeah. of God to be revealed that you are guilty for rejecting it and suppressing it. Well, right. I, w- I would yeah. say with the con- like a with your conscience, you can know that uh, you do things that are wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the and amount you're... of the law that's already mm-hmm. written. On, it's like you know that to say things that don't accurately refre- reflect reality to lie is yeah. wrong, mm-hmm. and then you just go ahead and lie. Mm-hmm. And then like because God it advantages will... you. Yeah, you know? and God will get people into that and have them more mm-hmm. yeah. uh, corrupted. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I, I again, I, I think there's just. I think there might be some disagreements, but I also feel like there are agreements with mm-hmm. what we're saying because 
when I if I if I'm thinking about actively suppressing, it almost seems like they're resisting something that God is doing in them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and that's why His wrath is revealed against them because they are rejecting and resisting Him. But you can you come to a knowledge of Jesus who saves you, right? The reason you need Jesus to save you in the first place is because yeah. you're suppressing the, what God is revealing to you, because you're suppressing the truth. That's I, why I, you need saving. I think in a way he's saying yes, Eric, to, to what you were saying. Okay. You know, is that, that um, you know, you're not, you're not condemned because you see a sunset and you would infer from that the cross, sacrifice, resurrection, and you suppress that. No, it's like you suppress all of these primary, um, like, what, what are the words... Uh, like these attributes of God mm-hmm. that are not his his mercy mm-hmm. or like whatever's contingent upon him acting on a creation, but just like these these transcendent things about him. Um, and then you suppress those things, and then it became necessary for God to send Christ in order right. to mm-hmm. redeem mm-hmm. us from the sin that we were committing by suppressing the prior yes. knowledge. That's right. Right. Yeah. So I I think. In a sense, you guys are yeah. kind of in agreement. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there's definitely still areas where you would depart, but yeah. And mm-hmm. I, and I'm on board with most of the things that were getting said. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yeah, yeah, I think the only reason I bring it up is I just think it's it's helpful to to couch the fact that all of all of true reality is God. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, like, pantheist. Not not in that sense, but like. God, God is the the source of what reality is. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's an uh, external force that yeah. God is also that like over upon, over. Yeah. yeah, and so everything that we see and learn, like when we use our eye, like the uh, you know the Psalms talk about that praising the the way we're made and knit together, and that's a source of God revealing Himself. Mm. Um, but again, yeah, it, it it got confusing there, but I feel like it that it was helpful what Travis was talking about because. Uh, I do. I do think that Paul's tracing that argument of pre-fall. Like, did Adam need uh, before he fell, before there was sin into the world? Did they need a savior to come and die for them? No. no. So that's pre, and that's when God is revealing Himself. What I'm saying is, after the fall, it's not like God said, "I'm no longer revealing my eternal attributes and things that I've made." He's still doing that. It's just when wow, every every single person is suppressing that out of sin because of our because of original sin i think that's the that's the point that paul's driving home and that original sin is in gentiles and in jewish people alike no uh well i was gonna ask um would you say that sin and death are a part of our reality now right um and so then well because i think we're talking about if we can Mm -hmm. perceive our reality now Mm -hmm. obviously it would be different if we were Mm -hmm. in the garden um and would you say that there is uh, or are beings that are actively warping reality? What do you mean by actively warping reality? Like, uh, I would say like Satan. Lying to us. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So when you add all that, yeah, then it's like what benefit is simple observation going to get you? And, and it's like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not there's too much going against you, the need for a savior. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is why I don't, uh, I don't think that we can simply perceive our reality, um, outside of scripture. 
that yeah. makes sense. Yes, I'm with you now. I'm tracking. Uh, oh, man. What was the last thing that was said? Because I had a response to it, and I'm trying to piece mine together. I, well, I just said, like, yeah. to, to ch I don't trust perceiving reality outside of scripture. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, and I think that's that's 100% important post-fall is that we need God to reveal us to give us the spectacles, the spectacles of faith as Calvin talked about it. And Paul talks about that in Romans where he moves on to now in this state we need justification by faith, the illumination of spirit. Um, the scriptures are given to us to re reveal who God is because we can't come to a knowledge, a right, saving right, right, knowledge. Right, right. We, no one can come to a saving knowledge without the scriptures. Right. That's 100% true, but there is enough general revelation for people to be guilty still. Right. Um, but the other thing I think that I'm wanting to bring up with bringing up general revelation and the fact that all of our reality and everything we perceive is, um, you know, anything that's true is coming via revelation is we don't want to remove the, the beauty and the, um, uh, uh, the source of what nature is to us. Like the Puritans believed in the two books of God's revelation. There was the Holy scriptures mm. and there was the book of nature. There was a book of creation mm. and that they would, they, and I think it was wise of them and smart and it's it, uh, for them to be so key to it, observing and appreciating and glorying in God's creation. And I think it's to our detriment when we toss that out and we don't pay attention to the world that God's created because mm. the scriptures point us to the world and you know, how, wonderful are your works i look at the skies I look at the heavens the works of your hand the things that you've created i appreciate them so yeah i i do 100 percent agree with you that there is a lot of deceit that's in the world there's a lot of fallenness a lot of suppression um but i do think that there we shouldn't uh throw out the revelation that comes from the natural world that god has created and cares for even now even after it's fallen he cares for the world and the other thing is the way that common grace fits into it mm. that yeah. uh you know, when we have the the ability to, because the original Eden assignment was to build cultures, to create and, f and be fruitful and multiply and fill the world. And so God gives us common grace to do that via um, a mind that can understand mathematics or can invent airplanes so that travel goes quicker, that can have podcasts so that we can get theology talks to people all around the world. Like, that's God's common grace that's been gifted us to use. And I think one of the ways that we can also see that that almost that goes back to the um, probability is that one of the first ways that we did probability was to predict weather patterns. And Jesus talked about that with it. You know the signs of the clouds that a storm is coming and you prepare for that. Mm -hmm. And that's right and good for you to do. But what you're missing is me reveal it, me revealed in the Old Testament. Yeah. So he's not saying, hey, don't look at the clouds. Just just wait and see what will happen. Like you rightly know to look and see that this means this is coming mm -hmm. and prepare for it and not to be foolish, like build yeah. your house in a way that it's going to resist the storm that's coming. Yeah. So I think that there's a way that my Calvinism can uh, completely incorporate God's common grace um, to be smart about the way that we're living. Like we don't want to be reckless and cause ourselves to be destroyed in an instant when we could preserve our life um, and, uh, fulfill the great commission to spread the gospel. Um, oh, okay. David, um, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going. So I'm really, really tired. But I'm going to listen to this and upload but it. David, I'm going to miss you. I know. I'm going to miss you too. Um, 
I just thought of a really good question. Don't say it here, because no, then I'll no, say no, it. No, say it. No, say it's a really good question that Eric said, uh, I gave to Eric. I don't know if we know your answer. But when we talked about all this stuff, I was like, does it, like, if someone who believes in God and, like, who uses the, these tools, yeah. um, I said, like, what really matters is at the end. It's like, like, you're both giving, you're both thanking God. You're both, like, the, the, the glory, the honor goes to, still goes to God. So like at the end, I don't really see it being a problem. Like David, both why are both you... things of giving grateful, think, thanking God and giving Him the honors. Everything. Okay, I'll have an answer for you, but I guess you're gonna listen to it tomorrow. I will. <laughs> We're gonna talk about whether you should use medicine or not. We can. <laughs> see, he wants to talk about it. Good night, David. It's good to see you. Good night. I love you. Love you too. Um. All right, okay, 100%, so gonna... let's change the topic to talk about David, <laughs> David's date night. All right. <laughs> how are we going to set this guy up for success? <laughs> and that'll be how we know if he listens or not. He's like, what <laughs> That's true, yeah. Mm. Um, let's just say what we really think about David. Oh, oh, we can all just sit around and encourage him. I think David's awesome. Well, you know, I'm just excited just to see like what David does. Opinion, I was hoping that he was going to listen to the podcast, and I was like, why am I waiting for a response? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you really? I was like staring and like, nope. <laughs> it's two cans in a um, Anyway, what you were saying? Right, to respond, I guess, to David, which, and, and to you, I guess, to kind of... The, the same, common grace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, when I look at what Jesus is talking about with clouds, like, mm-hmm. I, I would say, it's, I think it's uh, fair to mention that these guys were not operating on odds in the way that we do here today in the western mm-hmm. world because it wasn't so much what are the chances it's like here is a real threat mm-hmm. and now i'm going to respond to it mm-hmm. i don't have a problem with that a uh, possibility of a threat it's not a possibility uh that the clouds exist and that well, if, if jesus the, isn't saying you look at the clouds and therefore infer that clouds exist no but he's saying like this is a sign of rain coming right well that it may right. come or it's not well, necessarily you live in florida you know rain clouds doesn't always mean rain though Right, but the the idea is they're carrying rains and they're coming, or carrying rain and they're coming to you. So there's a heightened probability that they might. Well, but you don't do that. You see, that's what they don't do. Yeah, you do. No, they're not saying, oh, the, there's a probability that the the rain is coming. They're like, those are rain clouds. They're coming our way, so we're going to uh, act as if yeah the rain is coming because now, it most likely will. It but, might not. But you don't. But you don't calculate. You can't calculate likelihood really because. If, if you believe in the sovereignty of God, you don't believe there, that he predestined the likelihood oh of an event. You, pre- you think he predestined the right event. What would, so what would you do in... in... No, I'm not, I don't mean this... I'm not naming this like antagonist. I'm like, what would you do instead? Like, what would this... the? How would you live in the way you're proposing? Where you say, because you don't. So do you just... Well, I don't, I don't trust in the percentage that's given to me of rain that's going to happen or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, if it's, if I start to see rain clouds mm-hmm. and it starts to rain, mm-hmm. I put on a raincoat. Mm-hmm. The but rain is real. That's not what the Jesus rain said, cloud. though. What he's, he, doesn't, he says you take it as a sign that rain is coming. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, but he's not, he's not talking rain, about probability or does odds Does rain either. definitely come every time? If he's saying that... So one, this is a parallel to something. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a dissertation as to yeah. what Jesus thinks about probability. So it's not it's not even fair to use this as to <laughs> argue for one side or the true. other. It's not a great verse, but it's, I would. It's I, not. I do want to know like the specifics of like what would be your proposed, your proposals just, like solution. 
Again, I'm not being honest. I'm, no, no. I'm just curious, like, and how, I, how I would I live the, the, that out? Yeah. So, like, uh, let's. I, I want to give, like, a more specific example so it's not so abstract. So, uh, uh, Netflix. How okay. do I, as a Christian, use Netflix? Is this in regards to the probability? The whole thing algorithms. runs on algorithms. Or Googling okay. things. To predict the future and to predict your likelihood <clears throat> of watching a certain program. I, How do I use Netflix as a Christian? I, You just pick what you want to watch. But what they're showing me is based on algorithms, what they think I would want. But do you have to go off of their algorithms? You, there's no choice. The algorithm is built can, into the software. You can... Press I can, search. Like so you're so you're saying I would ignore the entire screen and I would just search. If you wanna if you wanna watch like if, if they're saying well, because there is a category that said because you've watched this. No, right. I'm talking every single list on Netflix is using the algorithm. Um, I don't know if you if know it's that. Their top but, tens, their anime section. Of their... of what's popular, whatever. Uh, so other if, it, people... if it says sci fi, it's all based on algorithm of what you've watched in the past. If it says historical how, fiction, how can it do that if I've never watched a sci fi? It's going to do what Miguel's talking about, like the most popular ones or people that, that have been. Right. The algorithm that's been used of everyone that's watched Netflix and said yeah. most people like this. Yeah. Which is still an algorithm. Or, well, sure. But or like you, if I if I, I don't want to watch I, it. I don't think this is a good parallel because it's yeah. not like you putting your faith in an algorithm to affect, and you know, you your, really, your, your future decisions. And I'm not saying that this is a good... I'm just saying I'm trying to understand how would you use if you're saying... Don't use probability algorithms. So I'm for, for, don't don't try to predict what God's gonna do. Okay, I see. So it's all well, this is all future. No, yeah. So like so trying to predict what's happening. Okay, well, that's but, better. That's uh, helpful uh, for me. Probably, my main my main pushback is like I've played poker with you. Yeah. And you're not like, <laughs> well, I know I don't have any matched cards, and I don't have like I'm not gonna get the flush, and I'm not gonna like whatever, but like. The spirit is still leading me to, to call or whatever. Like, if, I, if, I, I if God really yeah. did lead me to call in a I poker know, but game, that's not that's not how you do. Because poker. God doesn't call me, but you know that if I feel like God is calling me, that that's what I'm going to go off of. And I think that that's I think that that's what everybody. And here, that if you don't feel that, then you're going to go off of the, the reality. Odds. No, it's not odds. If if I hey, have, you don't know what the river is going to be. Yeah, but you and I both do this. Where so this is what's funny. We, I would say that what we do is like if I have a good hand, which uh -huh. is a pair, right? That's a good hand. I'm gonna want to see the river. Bad, but it's it's about as good as you can get. Is a pair and maybe same uh, a pair. Oh, like if you're dealt a pair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. So you're dealt a card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these are real, right? Uh -huh. And so then if if you want to bet off of the cards that you have, you go ahead. But it's a risk. I don't. I don't calculate how risky or not. I've gone with seven and two, and sometimes that's won me the hand, and it's the least likely to. Mm. And I, then, I'm more talking like between the flop and the turn, or between the turn and the river. But know, it, but like, again, it's like I'm basing it off of what's reality. Like, okay, do I have anything here? And someone just bet. Nothing's. You're real. not thinking so, about like with the next. So you never. Be. You never go look. Okay. Okay. I was dealt two clubs and the flop was two clubs and i think it's likely that there's going to be another club and that i'm going to be able to get the flush it's a risk <laughs> like <laughs> i don't i don't know <laughs> it's not calculated i mean people can calculate it but like on a on a card game that we're not even playing for money one i don't see the point why you would do that but two i in that particular scenario i would actually believe the opposite like all right there's already four clubs out 
I don't really think of a chance that the next one's going to be close. But even if I was like, well, I have... I need to play some poker there. Yeah. <laughs> so we, ha- we have... A, but so it kind of varies to degrees on how much you're going to participate. Because a lot of Christians that have held the same belief would just have never played uh, with cards. Well, right, because uh, yeah. they're, they're... Because you're engaging in it, whether you're doing it consciously <clears throat> or subconsciously. So they're just saying you don't gamble, period. Well, I think I think another... Yeah, but again, I, I, I don't believe in the or probability... Or playing cards or anything like that. Well, but, what about... I would say... Like like Proverbs says, every yeah. uh, the the lot is cast in the lap. Right, the so that's that's all I'm saying. It's like yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a risk for me to go, but I don't think that there are more chances or less chances, mm-hmm. whether I play the worst hand or the best hand. I don't actually believe that. Mm-hmm. So w- what about this? Like, uh, you you go to the theaters and you're looking at the lineup of movies, okay. and you're not saying like, hey, you're a fan of Scorsese, right? If I'm, sure. If I'm, okay. yeah. There's a Scorsese film. Yeah, I'm gonna go see that one. Because I typically like most of his movies versus, uh, you know, a Ron Howard film. No, no, Miguel. I, I watch the trailer. I look at the plot and see, okay, I'm interested or I'm not mm-hmm. interested. But you go up blind. You know, you go, you go up, you know, you've have, been have disconnected I, for I have months. never done that. But again, if I go up blind, it's not for me about uh, probably like this or something. It's like, I want to watch a movie. So I'm just going to watch a movie. And and so you just close your eyes, point to one, and say that one, or you go, well, I like a lot of his work. I don't the, like a lot of his work. I'm I, gonna choose the guy whose work I, really, I like more I'm often. I'm really not being trying to be difficult, but like, I would know which movie I would want to watch yeah. because the trailer, the advertisement mm-hmm. for the movie, and my own research, right? Which none of this has to do with probability, right? And you I would mean, know that based on those things, what? I would like that <laughs> movie. You're definitely gonna like it. The, I like. Never the, been wrong about it. I would like the elements of the movie. Yes, if it was done wrong, but I don't try to predict whether I'm going to like the movie or not. So why would you do I, that? I don't wait, know. Wait, 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 hold on. I, do you I, guys? Like, do you? There, there must no, be we did not. We did not plan that. No, no, no. Okay. I'm not saying that. Okay. But I'm just saying. Do you guys calculate the probability before watching? I don't movie, break you know, out like? a calculator. But yeah, exactly. But, no, so, dude, but I but that's not. I, that is so. Obviously I, not what we mean is that we break out a So why are you like, ha ha, gotcha, exactly. Because you that's what you're out. trying to do no, with me. No, no. no. And no, I'm like, what? is this, hang on, is this like a semantic thing where every time you hear the word predict or probability, you think that someone's like, you know, let me see, you know, 12 over 9 and like, what's the what's the remainder on that? It's I like, mean, obvi- obviously that head math or that calculator math right. is not what we're talking about. But what we're saying is there have been times that I've watched a trailer right. and I've loved the director yeah. and I go into it thinking, wow, I'm, I feel pretty confident. Like I'm most likely going to love this movie. And then I've been wrong. Yeah. So what that, so if you rewind back to the moment of me buying the ticket, I am operating under an assumption about a probable future that I'm going to wind up watching a movie that I enjoy. And I acknowledge I fully acknowledge that whether or not I wound up liking the movie, once you fast forward to the point where I'm finished, yeah. is predestined. Right. Okay. And that the, everything about the movie was predestined, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But it's like the functional use of the word probably has to do with whether or not I'm, I'm willing to, to buy the ticket. Or if I wind up watching something else. Or if I wind up staying at home that night. Right. It's like, that's just, that's all I mean by probably. I don't mean like, I'm putting my faith in like, you know, my, my worldview is going to be shattered and my, my capacity to have faith in my future decisions. Is well, I don't, I don't think that it has to be that way. But again, if this isn't about semantics, then why, why not give a scenario that we're actually talking about, which it, this has nothing to do with going to see a movie and how you decide to see a movie. 
I was talking about when I the scenario it has something to do with it because it's like whether you're willing then, to ever use the word probably in your life. Okay, but if 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 it if probably here does not have to do with odds, calculating the odds, which is what I was talking about, then why bring it up? It does. It doesn't have to do with calculating. Then you're not being consistent. Hang on, it either. doesn't have to do with calculating. That's but how it you has, have it odds. It has to do with making assumptions no, about the. No, it's not assumption. I never said oh anything about assumption. No, this was all last week, man. So, so I think if from you what look, I'm, I think if, from what I'm hearing. There's, there is a disconnect. Yes, because if you look at what you said originally when I said this isn't consistent with your Calvinism, it was with what? It was calculating the odds. Well, no, 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 I mean there's had... a disconnect in that I think you're thinking that when you're doing something and you're not actively like writing out the future of what's going to happen... That, that means you're not engaging in probability, whereas your mind is doing it whether you you know it or not. I think, I, here, here, I think, you know... Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yes, but I, I'm not talking about never making an assumption. That was never my argument. And again, you so guys was, keep I want to make it. sure that I understand it correctly. Are you this saying scenario... just in regards to trying to figure out what will happen yes. in the future? What will occur? Not what you will do, but what will happen to you. Like fortune-telling, yeah, sure. like using probability to fortune-tell. Yes, because the scenario where this all started was mm -hmm. this this game show that you brought up, and then you said if you switch, it goes from 33% to 66 mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so... It's like, do, would you switch or would you stay with the same door? Well, that's not future-telling. Yeah, you're, you're trying to calculate what the no, likelihood... You're trying to figure out which one has what the is prize. What is most probably What's already there. Yeah, but your fortune telling is what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, but that's exactly what you're trying. You don't. You're not saying simply that. Oh, there's a sixty-six percent chance that the go the goat or not the goat, but the money yeah. is behind the store. You're saying if I do this, my chances increase to sixty-six percent uh, chance to picking the money door. So you are you are trying to predict the likelihood of what's going to happen. That's how you mitigate risk. You have to predict the likelihood of what's going to happen. I don't have a problem with, with when you're looking at reality and then it's like, okay, these are like Scorsese is a, is a director that I like. Um, this is a story about, um, let's just say medieval fantasy, sure. which would be so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I like these elements. I like this director. Okay. I never said that that was wrong. And I kept, and I kept saying that the other day, that's why we kept going around. The, where where the, the problem for me lies is as a Calvinist, if you already believe that whatever's going to happen has already been fixed by God, mm -hmm. then you also believe that whether you go with the less likelihood uh, scenario or, or less likely scenario, the more likely scenario, it doesn't really matter. God will, if God wants you to have that money, you're going to get that money. And so I'm saying there's a vanity to it. Now, if Miguel does that, then I can... I still think that you're completely wrong, but it's because you believe in possible futures, like or milestones. I I don't know if a mole. And I also brought up um, James White and William Lane Craig, who's a mm -hmm. Molinist, and their discussion that was mm -hmm. going on. And it's like William Lane Craig believes in possible futures. Mm -hmm. Okay, but Calvinists don't believe that's in that. Right. So, and I think that that's what's scriptural. So it's like, mm -hmm. how do I mitigate risk as a Calvinist as a Christian? Well, I pray. I make a decision and I pray, God. Please grant me the money. I would even be as bold as that. And if he doesn't, then I realize if, if like I don't get the money, it's not because like oh, I made the wrong, I made the less likely, and it was stupid of me. It was foolish. Of me. No, mm -hmm. it's because God didn't want to do that. The way that it's going to happen, I think the way that God wants us mm -hmm. to work through through these things is through prayer. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not through. So 
let me put this scenario because I think we're we can come to this world. I don't think it's as before unlikely. you do, Dan. Would you switch the door or no? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I had a math teacher that talked with this. Okay, I got I got three doors. Two of them have goats behind them. One of them yeah. has a million dollars. Okay, you choose door number one. I'm the game show host, and I say, well, let me show you what would what you would have gotten if you uh, would have chosen uh, mm -hmm. door three. And I'm definitely going to show you a goat. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm definitely mm -hmm. showing you a goat here. Okay, and I open it, and it's a goat. Okay, mm -hmm. now what are the odds that you got it right the first time? It's thirty percent. One in three. So yeah, roughly thirty percent. Now, the odds that you got it wrong the first time are sixty-six percent, right? So that means that I'm I because I'm definitely going to show you a goat. Mm -hmm. The odds that the remaining door was the correct door the whole time are sixty-six percent. So if you switch your your um, door, mm -hmm. then we would say mathematically that originally your odds would have been better to have got to have chosen let's say door number two um and so would you switch or would you stay with your original door when when you picked it you only had a one in three chance of getting it right so i'm just curious as to whether you would switch i think because i because the professor had it was really really fascinating i think and i'm trying to remember what he was arguing i think he's arguing the probability is always 30 percent, even after he's revealed it, it even because, if you switch your door because He's always going to show you the goat, which means that you're always making a one in three choice. It's a it's a one in three choice. It was 30%. a mind bending thing. I can't do it because I'm not great with math. But he spent a, like forty minutes on it, and it was like mind bending of like it's always basically so, so hang basically on. the you're the left people, you're was, left with two doors. Yeah, and you're saying it's thirty percent if it th that it's door number one or thirty percent if it's door number two. That your your choice no matter what is was always one in three, even on the second. When he gives you the option to switch, mm -hmm. I mean that's because he's never because he's never going to show you the prize door exactly, which means that the remaining door. If you were to rewind mm -hmm. the scenario, mm -hmm. go all the way back to when he originally ch uh, asked you, it's an increased likelihood that the remaining door is, um, w was originally the the right door. So the choice between the two doors is 50-50, right? It's no, either right no, or wrong. No. Okay, we don't have to get into this, but it's no, like... No, but it was, it was really fascinating. Cause he, well, he, then then let, let me say... I can't think of it, but I wish I could, because he went through it and he was like, so many people have argued over this. He's like, and a lot of people are wrong. Okay. I'm, it seems like it. I am... I, I, I've had the mind trick played on me, yeah. because I the first assumption that I made was wrong, and, and Miguel, I think you said that you got kind of tricked with it as well, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. Right, yeah, I think when you, that when you first that's a fifty-fifty when you first got exposed to it, yeah. yeah, and that it's actually not okay. Then let me let me make it another scenario. It's like you roll a dice and you get to pick whether okay, um, either you can pick uh, one and two or three, four, five, six. Okay, so you got one and two over here, mm -hmm. three, four, five, six. And uh, it's like, you have to guess which of those is more likely to be rolled. A mm -hmm. one or a two, or a th three through six. Which would you say is more likely to be rolled? I think, isn't six the most commonly rolled? No. On one dice, they're all equally uh, likely to be rolled. It's like, what do you think is more likely to be rolled? A one, two, or a three through six? I think three through six, because I think there actually is numbers that more often come up. 
there's not like on a on a real on like a good set of dice. Yeah, I thought there was someone that did a thing. But the the idea is there's there's twice as many numbers in the option of three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. So you have twice as many, twice the odds of it coming up three, four, five, six as you would if you chose it's going to come up one and two. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't want to spend more time on this. I don't want to get math heavy on mm-hmm. it. But Eric, you had a scenario you were going to put. Uh, right. So what, what I would say, and I, I think that this is um, something that's quite likely to happen with the technology that that we have and the mathematics that we're, we're capable of it's already married together uh but if they were able to create a pair of glasses that you can wear and it was able to focus on just different objects or different events or you could program it to just focus on traffic weather uh, stocks anything okay it just needs to visually see it and it would give you the probability of success or failure, of, of harm or safety. What am I looking at? You said stocks or... Anything, really. It's it's whatever the glass is. But what's another thing? I said traffic, weather, okay. um, any any basically decisions, any decision that you put in front of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's able to calculate it and, and give you that safety, harm, the odds, mm-hmm. and, and all that. Like, would you wear it? Or, I mean, I'll just say that, would you wear it? I mean, it, it would tell me whether it's more likely to rain or not. Right. It would, it would tell you it's more likely to rain or not. Well, I mean, I do look at my phone. Right. But, but it goes I, beyond. But yeah. Eric's saying it would, you know, this is the chance of rain. And if you turn now, here's the chances of collision. And here's the. Well, I'd say I do wear it by virtue of the fact that I, you know, use my, my phone for directions. And it says, hey, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a wreck that's over here. And so if you go this way, it's more likely that it's going to take more, you know, time. Or, or, hey, just so you know, the dew point is this and the barometric pressure is this. And so it's more likely that, you know, it's going to be rainy and you might want to stay off the road. Or, you know, I look at my stock portfolio and I, I, you know, look at not just the news, but then like what uh, Daniel was saying about forecasts about um, the future events. And it it says what's more likely. So I'd say I, I do choose to put on those glasses every day. But it goes beyond that. It, it wouldn't just tell you, oh, there's a, you know, collision on the road and therefore traffic is, is probably going to be extended. It's like the likelihood of a crash happening on this road at this time of day. You know what I'm saying? At this hour. Um, I, I, if, if I'm getting the, you, you're almost um, proposing like Google Glass, I think is what it was called. But it's yeah. like, it just, it has all these numbers. I probably wouldn't wear it just because I feel like I'd be bombarded with, it's like, hey, if you change lanes now... Uh, there's a you know six percent chance that there's a wreck if you if you change lanes to the left, however, it won't bombard you. you. Huh? It'll only help you. It won't bombard. It you. won't bombard me, but it, yes, but it's literally numbers. going to be giving me a prediction about every modicum of no, data. No, whatever you choose it to be. Oh, I see. oh, so I set the settings. Yeah. Um, or like you get the yeah, red button to say show me probability. Yeah, it's basically what okay. it is. It's going mm-hmm. to give you the probability of whatever you want it to. I like yeah, I said I I think I do do that but if you just want to say oh it, it goes further if it could go further i would adjust the settings where it doesn't and it basically just does the things that i um already go to at, at that to point do. but at that point that's not that's not really the the question i'm asking i'm not asking if you're doing that now this thing can do something even more but you're also saying i could adjust the settings and i would adjust the settings where they don't i mean even if it could i would adjust the settings where it's like okay well hey what's the what's the high 
what's the what's the temperature high going to be today? You but know? Again, for the road, it can calculate based on patterns or whatnot, the likelihood of a collision happening on the road that you're going to take at this time of hour. You wouldn't, you wouldn't wear it? The likelihood okay. of a, of a crash. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like the odds would always show up as negligibly low because it's like I've driven those roads thousands of times and I've... But you wear the glasses to find out. I, I don't feel like the numbers would be big enough to really matter. You know, it's like, hey, Travis, just so you know, if you walk outside right now, there's a a one in six trillion chance you're going to get struck by lightning. It's like, okay, sure. But like, I don't feel like knowing that. No, you're, you're going my... on a trip. You're okay. going to be taking turnpike and okay. taking highways that you, you're not familiar with. Okay. And it will tell you the likelihood of a collision, the likelihood of arriving safely, the odds. So like, let's say theoretically, the, the likelihood of me arriving safely is going to be like, more than 99 percent well almost certainly like unless there's a like uh you you've heard about those tornadoes in kentucky mm -hmm. yeah like okay if that's the case then it's going to show me a number that's more like you know mm -hmm. hey you have a 30 percent chance of getting there safely mm -hmm. or whatever but yeah. on any on any regular day it's going to show me the numbers of 99 percent because and the reason i would say that is because thousands of people are going to be driving those lengths of road and only Okay, you know, so maybe let's, a couple a day let's just say the likelihood of a collision, not that you're getting into a collision, but the likelihood of... any of... collision happening? Yes. I, I would still say that it, it wouldn't matter because it's like, okay, even if a collision is going to happen, if there's thousands of people, the the likelihood that it would happen to me... And I'm not, I'm not trying to be obtuse. I'm saying those numbers really would show up as like 0.00136%. How, can I, can I change the scenario? Know. Okay. Yeah. Um, You whatever the device is, is telling you the chances of Nicole going into labor. Um, and so you opting to stay home from work so you can be there for the entire experience. Okay. So, so like you, I take a day off of work. You exactly. And I, and I choose so, that so day you, the you look at it and it's telling you today there's a 12%, uh, you know, do you listen to it or do you not? Or tomorrow, or today there's a 80%. Would you listen to... Is that a fair scenario for, sure, for what I mean, you're trying to do? Sure. I mean, and I, I'm assuming that also this device is like, you know, every day she's putting in her temperature, like she's taking her temperature. Yeah. And it's, it, it's also it's also calculating like, okay, you know, we... Our original um, due date was this, and then also the baby's development is here. The baby, you know, is usually, um, you know, 9.3 centimeters, but ours is 9.5 centimeters, and so it looks like we're a little bit ahead... So it's it's factoring in a lot of data. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's, it's using that data empirical. to calculate. Uh, like this is the most likely date. Um, I, I would probably say like if, if it says there's a twelve percent chance of her going into labor today, I'm not going to take off work. But if it makes all those measurements and those calculations and those data, um, like what's the word? Like if it if it takes into account all of those data points mm -hmm. and it says, Travis, there's a eighty seven percent chance that she's gonna that today is the day. I'm gonna wind up taking off work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd say that. Um, let's let's go back to the the road scenario. You, oh, okay. I guess well, I, I guess know. it wasn't a good I, example I, then. I, no, it's not. It's not that it's it's it, it, there's a follow-up question that with your example won't necessarily oh, okay. work. But let's say you did look at the odds because you were just curious okay. and you saw the number was so low, it's like net negligible, and you you take your trip and you arrive safely. Okay. Is it because the odds were you were going to, or well, no? But I, I would say here, here's the thing. Um, I, I did. Let's let's go back to um, two thousand 
what would have been like 2010 and I'm, right. I am going on a road trip and yeah. I, I fully believe that if when I first got into my car and I did get in an accident, I totaled my car, lost yeah. it. Um, everyone was okay. So I fully believe that when I got in my car, if I had a computer that was calculating my odds of getting in a wreck that day, it would say, Travis, your odds of getting in a wreck today are 0.00236. And I would be like, okay, well, let's do it. And I wouldn't say let's do it because this computer tells mm. me. Because, like, every time I get in the car, it gives me this bananas low number. And I acknowledge that, like, look, um, the like, if, if it's ever going to happen to anyone, it's going to have been the odds for, it's going to have been the same odds for all of us. It just winds up materializing mm. on that one person mm. as right. the actual accident right so i like i said i'm really not trying to be obtuse or anything and i think you're you're legitimately trying to offer me a good scenario but it's like i don't think i got in the accident and that was a failure of the algorithm or i don't think i arrived safely and that was due to the success of the algorithm or whatever it's like i i just think that making those calculations is like if you're talking about those sorts of things the numbers that it's going to be giving you are so uh negligible whereas with uh with miguel's scenario it's like if it want if i you know if i stay home and let's say nicole doesn't go into labor that day um i'm not going to be like oh the algorithm failed no the algorithm succeeded in the thing it was claiming to do which is telling me the likelihood and that still means there's a 13 percent chance if there's an 87 percent chance that she will give birth yeah so it's like okay i wouldn't say that the algorithm failed and if she did go into labor i wouldn't say this algorithm is something that I can 100% base my life decisions on in the future. No, but, but, but that's, but that's exactly my point is that you, you, you don't, I, I don't what base your life on, on this, odds, on the odds. I, I, w- I will say that if I, um, let's say I'm, uh, playing cards and I'm dealt, uh, let's say I'm dealt a pair of Kings, Yeah. you know, and there's a King showing on the flop Yeah. and it's like, okay, well, I think the odds that someone else, you know, let's say there's also an ace showing on the on the flop. And I'm like, okay, but the odds that someone else was dealt a mm. pair of aces and that they have the three of a kind that beats mine are really low. And so I'm going to, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to put a lot of money in. Right. You know, and I, I might be wrong, but it's like, right. it, there really is a higher probability that I'm going to wind up winning that hand mm. than someone else. Right. So, so would, would you say you'd do the same in that scenario? That if you had... I wouldn't, if you were, even, I wouldn't even calculate who has aces or not. But I'm saying like you you would... I'm not saying you'd sit there and calculate, but okay. it's like you would think... If I, I have know, aces? I know I have these kings. Yeah. And I know there's a king on... Uh, there's a king showing. Yeah. Who's Texas Hold'em, yeah. Yeah. So it's like I know there's a king showing and... I know there's an ace showing and sure it's possible like you know in your head sure it's possible someone out there has pocket aces mm-hmm. you know but I'm going to bet as though that is not the case right uh right I think you're making it too simple because I I it's not that I'm betting it's not the case I'm going to make a bet to see how people react because if I can push people off the board then whether or not they had a better but hand, you, but there's also like a you don't want to overbet, and it's like you know push because you want you want people to think you have maybe something but not a lot. Like maybe you want people to think you have a pair of aces, uh, like between the board and you, or or sure, a pair of kings. I, I, but you don't want to overbet to push people off the board. Like that's not your goal is to push people off the board. You want people to stay and to bet more. 
I I play like because if I have something, I'll I'll lure people in. But like there are times where where you'll go all in because you have to. You have such a good hand that why wouldn't you? And you still lose, right? Uh huh. And it's yeah. like, but but here's the here's Just like the, if my if Nicole didn't give birth on this specific day, yeah, yeah. You know. But the 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 point is that that I I think you're missing is this is like you you would say oh well it was thirteen percent chance that Nicole wouldn't have given labor therefore, and I, and what I'm asking you is is it is it because the the algorithm is it because of the odds mm. that you're saying an an event happened or would you say, as a Calvinist, Nicole didn't give birth today because that's not what God wanted? Absolutely. If you're saying in an ultimate sense, I I would say it was because God willed it, right? Yeah. Just like I would say, um, you know, if I, if this flower blooms today, then it is because God willed it, right? You know, and I would say in an ultimate sense, mm-hmm. in the most important sense, that that is true, right? But if you were to also, if if a kid. Like if my daughter one day asked me like, hey, why did the flower open on this day? I wouldn't just say, well, because God made it that way. Because God wanted it. It's like, I would tell her that that's the ultimate reason. But I would also say like, well, you know, when uh, this particular flower is exposed to this much sunlight, it's like, you know, teach her a little bit about, you know, soil nutrients and like how it uses those things to build its sepals and stamen and petals and everything. It's like how, how that unfolds. It's like, you're not only going to say, well, because God said so. And like buzz off, kid. Like stop bothering me with your questions. Mm. You're 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 also going to explain the mechanism, like that God ordained to bring that thing into into reality. And I, I get that that's a different scenario yeah. than than probabilities. But but to to kind of give you the other side of it, if she did give labor, eighty seven percent chance, or she went into labor. I mean, uh, it was eighty seven percent chance. Would you say it was because the odds were she was going to, or no, would you I, say I wouldn't say she gave birth because the odds were it was going to? I'm I'm going going to labor. I, what the thing predicted uh, that it was very likely that she was going to go into labor. Yeah, but I I'd say there's no causal relationship. Like it's not that that app that app that predicted her labor. It's not that the app you know put some i mean hey it might have had a psychological effect on her if, if she knew about it right. blah blah blah. but it's not like the app caused it right the app measured something and yeah. it gave me a likelihood and it wound up materializing yeah but if if it had been even if the app said there's a 96 percent chance and yeah. it, it's like okay well there's still a a you know what one in 25 chance that right. it wasn't going to be the, that day and if 25 people have this app it's going to be wrong for one of them, okay. and so it's just as likely to be me as it is to be someone else. Okay. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. I, let me see if I'm, I'm wording it in a way that you'd accept. I wouldn't say she gave birth because the app said that it was an 87 percent chance that she was going to give birth that day. Right. But I would say, hey, neat! What a helpful tool that I've been given by the common grace of God. You know, uh, supplying computer scientists and app developers with these computational uh, skills and knowledge and just the laws of mathematics generally like, Hey, neat. What a, what a great tool that uh, I've been given. So I wound up taking off this, which, you know, in in that situation, I feel like I'm going to wind up taking more than one day off of work, but, um, but it's like, uh, and, and I would give glory to God for that. It's like, Hey, you know, God, like, wow, thank you, God, that I was, that, you know, I had this available to help me figure out exactly when to, you know, make sure a substitute was available and make sure that, 
you know, my classes were covered and make sure that I had the review sheets already printed out the day before and everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I, I would absolutely use an app like that to um, inform my decisions of what days to have more lesson plans um, mm -hmm. prepared. You right. know, so, 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 so like I'm not saying it caused it, no, I but know, I'm saying it, it was helpful in uh, directing me to a, a correct, what wound up being a correct conclusion about when it would. Right. I, so, I would, here's a, another question. How long are women pregnant for? Nine months? Nine, why do you say about nine months? Wait, huh? but wait, why do you say nine months? What do I say nine months? Why do you say nine months? That's the that's the right answer for the record, but yeah. why do you say nine months? Because that's been generally what's been observed. But a lot of women go into labor early, a lot right. of women go into labor late. But so so yeah. you know, the, the bell curve on that is, you know, forty weeks. Yeah. But like I said, some go thirty six, some yeah. go forty two. Yeah. So But I think I think there's a I think there's a trick in the wording of what you're saying is you said how many week or how many months? Yeah, I said months. Are, I should have said weeks. Well, no, but. but if you say how many months are women pregnant, as opposed to I think that if you were to have asked Eric, okay, for how many weeks or months will Nicole be pregnant? Correct. You would say, well, for however many God wants her to be pregnant. Yeah. And you know, if she goes into premature labor at seven and a half months, yeah, then you know that was God's will. And it's like, yeah. okay, I get it, but at the same time, like I think that me being more prepared at nine months to receive a baby into the world than I wind up being at seven and a half months is not like a, uh, well, Travis, you're just putting too much faith in natural laws and in natural, you know, phenomenon and not enough, um, like, hey, the fact that you didn't already have those diapers at, you know, seven months and, and two weeks demonstrates that you were putting more faith in, uh, like that, that 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 the corrupt fallen laws of nature wouldn't let you down then that god would you know well it's not so it's you. not just because in your particular case it's not so much um that as in that because you believe that god has ordained everything even the 87 percent probability you still would say that god would have yeah, to that ordain. app coming to that conclusion was ordained by god yeah. yes but it's not that's not what i'm getting at what i'm getting at at that the events in which is saying it was 87% probability, those events had to have been ordained and ordered by God. Like her temperature and her, you know, the, whatever it is okay. that led her to, mm -hmm. to give labor okay. or to, yeah. For to the app labor. to have calculated that. Yeah. So for the app yeah. to have been correct. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't say that God preordained the likelihood of the event, but the event itself. Right. No. Well, uh, no, I get what you mean by, by like saying no, but I, I do also believe because I, because of what I believe about the, um, the state of mathematic laws, I think that God has ordained a probability of on a dice roll, there's a one in six chance that you're going to roll a five. There's a one in six chance that you're going to roll it two. There's mm -hmm. one, I, I think that, I, I think that that law generally is also a thing that's ordained by God. It's not a phenomena that happens in time like okay i rolled this specific dice this time and and yeah god decided that it was going to be a six or whatever but it's like i think that god ordains just particular laws like hey if i if i have a, a balloon of gas and i increase the temperature what's going to happen to the pressure is it going to go up or down well it's going to go up and i think that god wrote that law 
Just like God wrote the law of universal gravitation, just like God wrote the law of entropy, just like God wrote the law of, um, you know, all the all the rules of geometry, how to calculate this, mm. the volume of a sphere. Okay, and this you is, you know, it's a whole separate thing. But do you think entropy is an eternal thing, or is that a result? Of I think it's an eternal thing. The, the everything degrades over time, isn't that entropy? Well, but I think that degradation is not necessarily the uh, the correct word for it because like even metabolizing things is an act I of see. entropy. I so see. like if I if I eat a plant and that um those what is it chloroplasts mm-hmm. right That's like old, like yeah. breaking down and, and the glucose nourishing my body there's technically acts of molecular yeah. entropy that are going on. Mm. Entropy doesn't mean like carnage, has death, to... decay, like whatever. Mm-hmm. It just means uh, yeah. something becomes processed, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, you were... Well, what I was going to say is, and you would say that these laws are good, obviously, because God created these laws. They're reflective of reality. So it's like, you know, if, if, if I'm playing a game in a Saw movie and he says, you know, you roll the dice and if it's a one through five, then you die. If you roll a six, you win. I'm like, man, to me, this law seems to be manifesting in a really negative way right now, but it's, it's just reflective of reality. Yeah. But because you, you were saying like God created it this way. Uh, yeah. So is it good? Um, yeah, because, yeah, I believe that it, that something accurately reflecting reality is good, even if that is a harsh reality. So, yeah. Okay. But like, how do you figure, um, into this idea when God breaks the law or when God makes the least probable thing happen? Yeah. Or when he, well, I, I don't think it's that he makes the least probable thing happen. I think it's that he makes something impossible happen. Like if you leave well, you, a glass, yeah. if you leave a glass of water in a room for a trillion years, it won't turn into wine. Right. You know, and, and, and but I'm geez, just saying like the the 13 percent chance like of something happening. Like when he breaks happening. those laws of of. Uh, well, I would say either. Let's break, say when God breaks the laws of nature. Well, I'm right? saying either breaks or he goes or the least probable thing happens. Yeah. So so he's saying like God would that then be an act of <clears throat> sin because God broke a good law. Well. I, I, I mean, obviously, that, I don't think you're going to say that. Let's so we don't have to go down that route. But I'm wondering how you're interpreting when God does that. Yeah, if, if God manufactured all these conditions to lead to 87, percent but uh-huh. God then ordained the 13 percent to happen instead, what is occurring for like why is God showing signs of one thing but manifesting the other? Well, I think it's I think it's because he he but, wants to. But, but but I would say. The, the manifestation of, like, if she doesn't give birth on that day, if it's a 13% chance, that's not breaking the law. Yeah. No, it's, and I'm not it's saying... It's manifesting the thing that's, that's less probable. Right. But are you talking about... Are you talking about miracles? Or are you no, talking no. about unlikely things? I'm talking about either or. Because... Well, I, I mean... I would I would say that what God decides to wind up manifesting in the world is is the good thing regardless but I do think I'd have to articulate it in two separate ways. That's fine. You know, it's like if I if I have the pair of kings and there's a king and an ace on the board and I go all in because I'm like, dude, what are they? I mean, there's no flushes, there's no way you can get a flush with the cards that are on the board, which is technically impossible, but mm-hmm. let's just say it. Um you know, and I go, dude, what are the odds that there's that somebody's got pocket rockets out there? It's like, you know, one in a Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm acknowledging what are the odds that I was dealt a pair of kings? It's just as unlikely, right? So um, all that would have to happen is someone ha- would have to get equally as lucky as I got by getting the the pair of aces dealt to them, and then they, their hand would beat mine. Mm-hmm. I'm probably still gonna go. I don't know about all in, but I'm gonna make a heavy bet on that. 
And if someone calls me and they did have the, the pair of aces, I'd say that God manifesting the less likely thing is not some sin against me. Like God has done me no, no. wrong in that. And then I would say that, you know, God doing something impossible, like raising the dead or walking on water, turning water to wine, uh, turning, you know, five loaves and two fish into enough food to feed, what, 20,000 people or however many people, you know, there were, including women and children. Um, I wouldn't say that that's God, um, like, sinning against the righteous laws of no. of uh, nature. So, no. Yeah, because the thing that I wanted to, wanted to push on is when you were talking about the the laws is that are you, are you talking about like the these laws and these laws of probability is all just the way we describe what we see or are you saying these are actual like an actual um ontological thing that's a that's a really interesting philosophical distinction to make i think in effect they are our descriptive tools okay they're it's not like actual, there's not there's, there's not, a not law an breaking. ontos there's not like a actual dice out there in the ether that's yeah. continually rolling and mm -hmm. just coming up with this flat mm -hmm. well, non-bell curve of, of probable mm -hmm. you know, And in dice the sense rolls. of God's like uh, natural order and then you because you talk about him breaking a law and so that's why I wanted to push into it of there's not a thing that he's breaking. Right. So he at least at least this is the way I, I, I um, what I hold to in, with the act of, with in, turn of God, in terms of God's providence. God is constantly holding everything together according mm -hmm. to the way that he has chosen to act consistently mm -hmm. yeah when he does something miraculous it's that he chooses to temporarily suspend the normal way and do something different mm -hmm. it's uh, not like yeah, so i've broken through and i'm violating or i'm right. reversing an order it's i've chosen to i've chosen to suspend that and do something different which is is that kind of what you were getting at is like were, were you trying to ask me um, like Travis, explain why God would break a good um, law. Well, is that maybe I don't the question know if, you're coming at? It's me, not or? so much just you trying to explain it. I was wondering if you had an explanation because I do think that Scripture does give an explanation. The kind of when we when we're talking about this kind of stuff, it 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 does make it kind of frivolous because. I would agree with Dan that there, there there isn't actually these laws, and this is what I was trying to say before: is that mathematics, that like these laws, don't exist. Mathematics and natural sciences; those are our interpretation of what we're seeing. But if you really think about it, when we're just like a small speck of dust floating in eternity, right? Even what we're looking at as laws, this is what we we're talking about in the, in the video uh, last week. It's like math cannot even go that far. There's, there's no system of thought, philosoph uh, if it's philosophical or um, natural sciences, that can actually really measure something so that you that can... can plumb the depths mm -hmm. of infinity. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, so there's holes in, in every system of thought. Mm -hmm. So, But we would, we would um, maintain that in, in the revelation that's given to us, there isn't so much. Maybe smaller holes. But, but so my, my, my point was, was this. It's like... If uh, God decides to do the thing that's 0.1% probability, it's... Or impossible. Mm -hmm. Or impossible. Yeah. It's to teach us that, one, he's in control, and that he's determining the outcomes. And that mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not... It's, it's presumptuous for us. Well, I, I would say that the thing that keeps it from being presumptuous is the fact that those events are exceedingly rare. 
and and the the example that we in your percent like when we're talking about dude that like virgin birth is exceedingly rare not just in my perception in history like it's it's exceedingly rare that a that a virgin gave birth to a to a a baby right you know but would you say it's, it's still probable no, exactly. I would say okay. it's impossible right. by by natural standards of mm-hmm. probability and right. law and biology and chemistry. And so, all that but kind of stuff. but I'm not I'm not talking about things that are actually not even probable because if you're counting probability, it has to be probable. Even if mathematically you want to say it's still impossible, if there's a probability of something happening, then then it's it's not improbable or even say impossible. If there's so, a probability of something happening, it's not improbable. By definition, right? That, I mean, it's, well, it's, yeah. if the, if there's a greater than, you know, fifty percent, or you know, if if I have a twenty sided dice, it's improbable that I'm going to roll a seventeen. Yeah. But it's not like, it. But it still has a probability, and that right. probability is one in twenty. Right. You know. So, but I'm saying like, because you can still calculate a probability of something, and it's still it's like so insignificant, as you said, right? But if that thing happens, if you want to call it breaking laws or whatnot. Well, that would, by definition, never be a breaking of a law. If there's okay. any prep probability, right? So, well, that's any a dis- possibility. Of yeah, and that's thing, that's yeah. the distinction I want to make. Is like I'm not even talking about things that are impossible. Okay. Like so, virgin birth. I'm not even talking about. Yeah, I'm just talking about something that's 13. percent Let's say, probably. Well, let's say one percent or one percent. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, um, like what we're trying to do is read into patterns in things that have have been around for longer than we're able to comprehend, and really. Like, if I was to ask you about odds, how you're making odds or the algorithms that these things are making, like, how how informed are you of that? And I would say the average person person isn't. And then if we were to look at the odds, that the odds are correct, like, it, it just becomes futile. So, and I think you have a solution to this. I think we all have a solution to this. And it's like, stop stop looking at life that way. Stop leaning on that. Because the reason God is doing those those kinds of things where the least likely will happen or even greater than that, the, the impossible. But I think the impossible has a function in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But the, the improbable, if I'm reading the wisdom scriptures um, and what their explanation for that is, is so that uh, we are not able to necessarily hack the system. And, we, and if, by, if by leaning on it, you mean like putting your ultimate sense of hope and trust mm-hmm. in, in it coming true and, and, and even feeling a sense of entitlement like if that... If that doesn't happen, then it's like you were somehow dealt unjustly with. Then I would agree. Mm-hmm. Here's okay. here's my thing. I don't I don't think it I don't think that's possible to just stop. Because for like even going back to the movie example, where you're like, well, like my decision would be based off of the trailer and and the and the director and the aspects that I've seen. Eternal well, that, decree of well, God. Mm. Yeah, you're yeah. what you've done is said. Well, I like yeah. the work of this director. I like this genre of stuff. And I like uh, what I saw in the trailer. So all those things together should mean I like this movie. Right. You know? So there's a greater... Should. Yeah, there's like, a there's probably. a good possibility, probability, that I would like this movie. So, like, well, yeah, I, I think we shouldn't dictate our lives by the numbers. I do think that it's impossible to ever separate ourselves from that and say, like, well, I'm just going to shoot from the hip on everything and make... And, and do my best to not make informed decisions because informed decisions are based off of probability. 
like your informed decision on, on the movie. I'm or... not sure I understand Eric correctly. Are you saying that we shouldn't ever do our due diligence or make an informed decision? No, uh, I'm not. Okay, I'm not saying I think that. I misunderstood you. Well, there. because because yeah. we're trying to make uh, the distinctions or limitations is yeah. like it's it is going to be so difficult because that is one of the things that we really falter at as human beings. What I'm trying to say is that when you're already going to the ends of probabilities, and I, I don't think you have to put all your trust in it, but if you're putting your trust and the thing doesn't come about, I think that's God telling you, like, don't do that. Um, it's, it's not like you can't benefit from doing that, but it's like, don't expect because you benefit. Even you if say, it's don't nine... do, that, do you mean don't use it? I'm trying to understand, like, your degree, because yeah. you're not saying don't, but you're also saying don't. But, but so you said, hang on, I'm, I'm curious what the number is you were about to say. Even if it's nine, like, were you going to say nine times out of ten or yeah. 990 times? Sure. Okay, okay. Then I, I have a question. Do you believe, I'm trying to remember what your eschatology is, do you believe Jesus could come back at any at any moment? Um, Yeah, I'm pretty agnostic. I don't think I could really understand. How okay. Um, should I set my alarm clock for tomorrow morning? Should you set your alarm clock? Do you have somewhere to be? I mean, I have a job. So yeah, I would say then then do then set your alarm clock because you have to be at your job unless you can not use it. But yeah, like, well, why should I do that? Why like, should you do that? Because are you are you able to wake up at the time that you need to without the alarm a, clock? There's a strong possibility Jesus isn't coming back tomorrow. Dude, <laughs> what do you mean possibility? He either is or he isn't, and it's written, you know, for in eternity past. And how 100%. dare you say that it's, you know, strongly possible. True. It's very possible. It's 100% true not. that it's strongly yeah. possible. <laughs> that's the I, thing, I think that's the thing that gets really difficult is you're jumping back and forth between God's perspective and ours. And they're different yeah, exactly. for a reason. And if, if we're talking about things from God's perspective, then yeah, there's no such things as probabilities. And I don't think I've ever said anything to to well make anyone think I'm, i don't mm -hmm. believe that well i know you uh, but it's I, like I, I don't have god's perspective i well i know but we have a perspective of god in the scriptures right mm -hmm. and i think that the, the scriptures are telling us not to bother uh so much about those things is it is it likely that jesus is going to come back tomorrow i think that that is a frivolous question okay should i set oh. my alarm if if jesus does come back tomorrow it won't have mattered, Why? right? Because it's like I'll be, I'll be raptured but, away, brother. But you're you're assuming that he would have come uh, back prior to your alarm going off. So what? If you... Okay, <laughs> is, is he going to come back tonight at midnight? Then let's just make it specific. But how how could anybody know that? Exactly. So, but Some I'm saying like ultimately they do. Well, yes. <laughs> they and and how many times have they looked foolish? Right? How many times have they looked foolish? And it's like, like Christmas party. Like I can. Yeah. That's, so that's we know that that's not. Lie. So that's why I'm, I'm curious. It's like we know that that's not something that we should be doing. But to what degree? Because you're not saying not to, and you're not saying to do. So I'm trying to understand where you're falling on this. Um, it's because you're not saying that. Yeah. We... This this will go to the perception. Um, but we're not. I can tell you I have zero percent likelihood I'm gonna be able to explain it in this time. It's uh how the the scriptures explain our reality mm -hmm. and it being a paradox mm -hmm. is when when you're asking do or don't, it's mm -hmm. like man, it's it, it's it's a frustrating answer that's that mm -hmm. scripture gives because um even in Ecclesiastes he'll say, 
yeah, you should do this. Mm -hmm. But, you know, things mm -hmm. are not going to go like you planned. So mm -hmm. it's all Havel, right? It's all with, like mm -hmm. wind Smoking or dust in the wind kind of mm -hmm. thing. And it's like the, the point is you, you're trying to create a system around your life as to what you should or you shouldn't do, mm -hmm. right? And in the beginning of Proverbs and at the end of Ecclesiastes, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's God. Mm -hmm. Right, the beginning, the the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, wisdom knowledge, right. and it's like this is the thing that you we should can't do. understand a reality without God. Right, but it's even even then, don't think that you've really understood it just because you have Scripture and the, and the precepts, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you know that and you believe that's handed down to you by God, and it, and I think it's been mm -hmm. beautifully put in all the wisdom literature, it's like, don't bother yourself about it. We're never going to be consistent with our own theology, so that's why I'm saying like I'm not I'm not going to be unreasonable and say like. Oh, Travis, you're you're always going to be 100% thinking in that way. It's 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 unreal. This is a mm -hmm. process that we're going through. But what we need to do is be working towards being less uh, relying on that because we know that the world isn't in, in in a sense as ordered as we think. And this is because it's broken. It will be ordered. It will be so freaking ordered, and it'll be so freaking. I mean, like there there wouldn't even be a need for algorithms or anything. Like it will be unimaginable. But what we're trying to do with these tools is trying to uh, gain a better grasp. And I think that that, like Ecclesiastes will say, like, you can do that. You're going to get yourself a headache. But here's what really matters. So, like, yeah, you can you could probably, or Miguel, anyway, like, we can create odds or whatever that can benefit us. But it's like... Okay. Go ahead. I'm keep sorry. Going. What happened? No, keep going. Oh. That can uh, mm -hmm. benefit us at that moment. We try it again tomorrow. And it doesn't benefit us and we're like what or like we look at the odds and like look at so many people's benefit and then we jump in and it's like oh of course it wouldn't work for me right and mm -hmm. it's like why is god doing this why is why is god allowing this frustration mm -hmm. right that that even a pattern that seems so set mm -hmm. when you go in and try to just uh you know operate within that framework yeah, yeah. It, it just won't work out so we'll go ahead keep talking no i'm just saying like the the the, the point is like that frustration of our plans brings us back to the point where where we have to be reminded okay it, it's it's about fearing god and his, and his commands like mm -hmm. i'm here to trust god and so yeah. it's like how do you mitigate risk isn't you don't have to have the odds i think that co convolutes things i think mm. how do you mitigate risk is by trusting god because even if disaster befalls you as a Calvinist, right mm -hmm. we still believe that that's in the ordained will of god and that he's still working everything to our good mm -hmm. so it's like the advice I think from the wisdom literature is like trust God. Yeah. Um. Try you know obey His mm -hmm. commands, obedience, spirit, and sacrifice, mm -hmm. and then whatever happens, don't let go. Right. Don't let go of God. Your yeah of mm -hmm. the faith, mm -hmm. like the fact that your ultimate hope is not in that algorithm giving yeah. you the correct right. you know due date for the baby or or but, in predicting yeah. what. But like your sense. ultimate hope is yeah, and I a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm in alignment with that, and, I think that's... and and even even believing that, like if there is a tool that works to you know uh, make me money or make my life better nine times out of ten, I'm probably just gonna keep using that tool, even if even if it does let me down one out of ten times. Hmm. I think that's something that's really helpful as I'm listening to this is, uh, oh, I hope I didn't lose it. Is that like you're not you're not saying that. It doesn't exist or it's not something that we should use it sounds more of what you're saying is this is not something you should put your faith into in the sense that it's your entire system is the probability if you're using right. probability as a tool right 
as a tool to cultivate and uh, keep the earth and subdue it as God has told us to. If you're using that, um, but your faith is in God and your trust is in God. You're not like saying, like what Travis was saying, my ultimate faith in something happening is not in the percentage. But if that's, if it says 70% chance of, for instance, let's say that we, so we're, to, we're going to do a Christmas Eve service outside mm. on Christmas Eve. If we look on the app and it's say there's an 80% chance of rain mm. that day and it's the day before and the pastors choose to move the event inside. Mm -hmm. Did they do the event period because of the percentages chance of rain? No, that wasn't influencing their decision at all, yeah. but they used a tool to make a better decision to better serve the mission of the gospel. Right. And their trust is still 100% in God who controls the weather. So if it rains or not, we know that God does it. But we're using it to kind of navigate our world. But if we're going to this, the, the degree of like that becomes our new religion, that the probabilities of, of the percentages become what we rely on for ultimate truth, that of course is or, idolatry. Or if it becomes fortune telling, we look yeah. at the forecast, oh, there's an 80% chance of rain. God's going to make it rain. He clearly doesn't want us to have the event on that day. Mm -hmm. That's where I would say like, yeah. Then... Or even going beyond that of 80% chance of rain, which means that, you know, uh, a child will be born with one limb on this in this house. <laughs> like, that, I feel like that's the, the divination. We're like, truly make it like strong predictions. But I think one of the things that I do, I think that we've kind of hinted at, but I, I, I want to kind of throw out there is the fact that the idea that we can even play around with probability at all is based in God's character. Mm. The fact that the whole universe is in a predictable fashion that has gone year after year predictably, which mm. is all because of God's singular decree at the beginning of time, that the world will function this way, period. And we can observe that, and we can, uh, we can assume things about the future. So, for instance, like, none of us right now, if we're really being 100% honest, and we're not just, like, <laughs> putting on a show... None of us doubt that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. Right. Why? There's nothing that's telling us that it's going to, other than the fact that we've perceived it doing that for the last hundred, like couple thousands of years. It's done that, and so we're going to assume it's doing it again, because it always does. Why do we assume that the seasons happen when they do? Because they always have. Because God has destined that. He's predictable. And he's made the world in a way that we can observe it and understand what's coming next. Not always and not perfectly. And like you were saying, there's times where the impossible happens or something else doesn't happen. But the very idea of saying that there is uh, an observable universe that happens according to predictable Reliably, means to which we yeah. can... Uh, the, the very foundation of modern science is on a universe that can be predicted, which is based in God's character. But that Western sinful way of thinking, that well, post-rationalistic... That came after the scientific method was created. <laughs> right, but... Let uh, me hate you. Well, because I... I, won't. I don't know if I'd uh, necessarily agree with everything you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, is God reliable? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is he predictable? I, I think that a lot of times God does things that he does. Well, in a way, he definitely is predictable because it's like he's made promises. You, right. And but, he's going to. So I get what you're saying, though. Like you we but, we don't know God in, a, in the way that we can understand everything about him yeah. everything he's going to do. But we know that he's not going to lie. Right, right. but yeah. for instance, the sun rising tomorrow. Yeah. You, you would give thanks for the sun rising Absolutely. tomorrow. Absolutely. And I know the sun rose because God right. rose it. Right. Or because God made the earth revolve around the sun 
Well, and the sun didn't explode. Or, That's right. Or, or because because of God, um, is normal providence that ha- that functions every day. That's the basis of my predicting the sun rising. Mm-hmm. Is not because I'm using divination. It's because I know that God is. No, no, no. The I'm not saying you're using divination. No, I know. I'm just uh, I'm yeah. just using that as a point uh, to say like I I want to uh, couch all this in the reality of of. Uh, what God is saying versus like the science, what scientific right. methods and all that stuff is trying to, trying to say. Um, you, you believe that Jesus is coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And you believe that he's, uh, that the, the world as we know it will not end before then, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you believing that the sun will come back or will rise again tomorrow is, is not at all based off of that. What do you, how do you, well, is it is it really natural science that that is giving you confidence that the sun will rise tomorrow, or is it the fact because like you kind of are hinting at this about Jesus not returning tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. So if you you believe that Jesus is not returning tomorrow and that the world will not end uh, until he comes back, then it's not so much natural science that you're basing that off of. It'd be more the revealed. Uh, will of God and what he, what he's decreed, mm-hmm. right? Because we need both. Yeah, right. but if I'm using natural science and I have calculated how long the sun will last before it becomes this red dwarf and it will engulf the, mm-hmm. the earth, I would say that that is presumptuous because mm-hmm. you don't know if there will be a sun that long for sure. You, 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 you don't know even tomorrow. You don't even know 10 minutes mm-hmm. from now, even as probable as, as you think. So that's, that's where I see the problem in Christians relying too much on natural science because natural science begins with us mm-hmm. and it does not presuppose uh, the supernatural. Mm. It cannot because it's, it's, it's mm. fixated on just the natural world. So if we already know there's mm-hmm. supernatural, there's a supernatural being that caused everything. And then there are also supernatural beings that are mm-hmm. uh, influencing it and even mm-hmm. are um, fighting, competing for your mm-hmm. mind then I, I don't have the confidence in that we can use natural sciences in the way that you're, you're describing. Hmm. You don't think that natural sciences is based on the idea of an observable, uh, consistent universe? I see the universe that we are observing mm-hmm. is affected by the fall. Mm-hmm. And that, so for instance, um, about stuff before, mm-hmm. where the idea of a Big Bang mm-hmm. is... It's now more popular being uh, questioned than mm-hmm. before, but this was thought of as a, a sure thing mm-hmm. prior. But one of the things that is really um, problematic to the way we think about the universe is there is a galaxy cluster that, based on our mathematics and our laws, mm-hmm. is older than the universe itself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so you we're going to have to go back to the drawing board and mm-hmm. keep doing it. And so it's like, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like, even when you're trying to use the natural sciences, you're going to find these problems and mm-hmm. you don't know how much of what you've already predicated all these beliefs mm-hmm. are already faulty. So it's like, if you can't prove a system of thought by the thought of itself, like if you can't prove mathematics by math, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do that. It's like... I guess generally what I'm saying is like, this is so limited. I don't even know if we can comprehend how limited it is. I don't know if we can comprehend. Of course, because it's our, it's the, the whole thing is what I'm saying is, yeah. it's us trying to understand the universe that right. we're using our own abilities. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, what I think scripture is telling us is like, don't use, and it, you might ask to what degree, and I think that's a fair question, mm-hmm. but it's like, I think it's trying to draw us away more and more from using our own abilities. 
in that. What I, I don't like about Western civilization is mm-hmm. it is so heavily mm-hmm. pushing use your own abilities. And I, mm-hmm. I think that we as Christians are influenced by that. Mm-hmm. So Well, and, and it's rationalistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's saying dismiss completely the possibility that these laws could be superseded by some you know transcendent being and it's like you know you hear people online sarcastically say oh you believe in some you know bearded old man in the sky who tells you you know who who you're allowed to have sex with and who you're allowed to um you know marry and it's like you know how how archaic and all of that and it's like look i i also would look at people like that and say like look you're you're missing a, a large part of the conversation you know but i i don't think that because I reject their mm-hmm. solely rationalistic uh, style of thinking, that that means that I can't um, put a degree of confidence in, you know, predicting that, you know, the, the future based on uh, present circumstances, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to plant these crops, I'm going to water them, and, you know, sure, you know, a, a worm might eat the root and it might wither and die. And that's a possibility. But like, I'm going to plan as though, uh, like, I'm I'm going to plan as though America is not going to get taken over while I sleep tonight, and that I do need to go to to work in the morning. And so I'm going to to set my alarm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I'm I'm just uh, planning to live according to the way that things have been going for a very very long time now. And again, like if if that pattern is broken. I'm not going to shake my fist at God and say like, how dare you? Like you owe me because these things happened for so many instances before. Therefore you must owe me. Uh, and it's like, I think the main thing that we've, the impasse that we've come to, to in the past. And even now is like, whether or not we believe that the laws of math are fallen and more and more, I'm just coming to the conclusion that no, I, I, I don't believe they are. And I, I almost, so I went and watched that. I, I rewatched that Veritasium video that you um, watched. And it's like, I think that you were kind of misunderstanding the point of the video. Um, but I don't think that matters, you know, because I think that you, the, the thought that now inhabits your mind is one that was kind of already there even before the video. And the video is not saying like, you know, because math is a, you know, system that tries to describe things that are even things that are infinite, that therefore it's, um, you know, unreliable, but it is saying that it's limited. You know, it's like the number between three and five is four. Yeah. And it's not like, well, but you can't know that that's always going to be the case. Like if 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 you were to count to nine hundred trillion uh, four hundred and thirty-eight billion, three hundred whatever, and yeah. and five. You don't necessarily know that the very next number would be all that and six. It's like, well, yeah, I I do, and there's there's a reliability in it. There, the mm-hmm. the limit of it comes in its incapacity to describe, which again means to to limit to uh, draw a circle around things that are infinite. And in as much as God is the thing that is infinite, um they can't be used to predict his actions Mm -hmm. and he can always act against those things. But again, it is exceedingly rare that he does. So most of the grace that God seems to give this um, world 
seems to come through the natural means, you know, and it's like, I get that all of that is, is bought at the expense of the blood of Christ on the cross, but it's like common grace is almost by definition more common, like by orders of magnitude than miraculous or let's say, you know, supernaturally transcendent, um, happenings. That doesn't mean that they're impossible, but it's like given the opportunity to, um, yeah, it's, uh, I heard somebody say, actually, in a podcast I was listening today, um, and this is a person speaking from a naturalistic worldview, and they said, you know, now we know that irrigating your crops is more effective than praying for them. And, you know, he was talking, he was kind of speaking mm -hmm. against this old school mythological view. And it's like, look, there's no scenario in which I can't do both. Right. And I, I'm going to irrigate the crops and pray for them but it's like i'm not only going to pray and then not do the things that god in his common grace has revealed will also mm -hmm. help the odds of my crops succeeding and i you know i think it's helpful just to uh for for me like i always really really just want to go back to the pre-modern understanding but that's super hard to do uh <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say good luck science not equaling naturalistic humanism yeah right of just the yeah, idea science just means knowledge yeah just the idea of science of saying i'm going to look out in the world and try to figure out how a tree works and according to the original way that when science was first founded to the glory of god to say hey look how complex he's made this and that's Beautiful. kind of how i mean like with the predictability of like the with learning how the planets revolve around was for the purpose of god put us in this amazing world let's learn about it and let's see it and the reason we can learn about it is because of the predictability that's based in God's own character. Um, Agreed. But, what's that? Well, I don't know. If you're not finished, I don't want to cut you off. Um, but I think there, there is there is a level that we do, we do need to make sure that we reference the fact that, because these things crop up like um, naturalist humanism, because our minds fell along with our whole bodies. Like, it's not just like, oh... We can, because you know, well, Wesleyans would talk about like, oh, the rational didn't fall. We can, we can think our way to, but we Aquinas everything said that too. Didn't every, it? I think so. Everything else, because that's yeah. where they, you know, they start going on heavy on the natural law, um, and everything else fell. But the mind is pristine, and I don't, I don't uh, hold that. But I don't think that. Uh, I think that, that the earth groaning for redemption doesn't mean that it's so chaotic as to be unobservable. Or, un, or or inconsistent enough to be like oh I've got to I've got to doubt everything around me now because it's so inconsistent. I mean, it is mind blowing how precise the world we live in is, mm. and how much our minds look around and see a bunch of data and process it in a way that they we can make assumptions based about what we have seen to interpret our environment. And we if, do that without thinking. If the earth was one inch closer to the sun than mm. it is, it would burst into flames. Mm -hmm. Right. Is not true. Yeah, and no, I think I think the thing that was fascinating <laughs> to, with me is like, uh, and it will it will continue to be fascinating to me, is that it's almost impossible to teach an AI to do laundry because mm -hmm. we look at this and we think this is a table and we know the uses for it. But an AI looks and goes, what's a surface? Is this a surface? Is that a surface? Is this, are the, how do the legs, like, the, what is a corner? What's yeah, an edge? Yeah, there's too much data. There's so much. And then, and we do this in one, like, one millisecond. We know what this is by all of the things that we're observing. We're putting together all of our past experiences. And we're saying the likelihood of what this is is a table mm -hmm. because of everything that we've observed. And I think that's kind of one of the points that I wanted to bring up with 
because uh, when you guys were talking about like uh, probability versus like not crunching the numbers is we do a lot of this stuff in our head whether we want to or not because right. our brains kind of put that all together but I don't think that we're called to like you know be, uh, to not think and to like close our eyes and be like well anything out there that I can perceive and use these and observe and do that on, on my own strength is bad so I need to shut my ears and shut my eyes the fact that we're talking right now using mm. philosophy is not just sitting back saying I'm going to just trust that God will reveal to me everything I need to know in time. Mm. We're using our minds and our means to learn to know more about God as we talk. Right. Um, and I don't think that's sinful. I Right. I, I wouldn't necessarily say any of this is um, sinful, but the idea of pursuing knowledge mm -hmm. where Scripture is, I would say, silent. silent. Yeah. I, I the the problem that I have with that is that the reason um, that we're fallen mm -hmm. and this whole world is as mm -hmm. crazy as it is is because we were tempted with knowledge. Hmm. So and knowledge is bad. Well, it is bad in that if you are seeking to attain knowledge rather than just trust God. And wait on him to then reveal because he's the reliable source mm -hmm. the world is going on in its pattern that it's mm -hmm. going but it's a fallen mm -hmm. pattern mm -hmm. but we are the people of redemption right mm -hmm. so I, I i guess this also may come down to how you view um our relationship with the world mm -hmm. um but knowing that it was knowledge that satan Mm -hmm. tempted adam and eve with mm -hmm. and it caused this whole thing i mean it's, it's, it's really strange but like you can see in that story alone that god does prohibit mm -hmm. knowledge mm -hmm. um i'm not gonna speculate as to what his plan was but mm -hmm. he did prohibit it we went and grabbed it anyways and then we've we've come here and i think that we are mm -hmm. very knowledgeable beings mm -hmm. and i think we are very capable and it's it's incredible um but i don't think that when you have the pursuit of knowledge in natural, like with the natural sciences and mm -hmm. um, philosophy, even that it's necessarily glorifying to God. Mm -hmm. I don't I, because I, I, I can't speak solidly. I'm not going to, but what I would say is if I can generally get um, the impression of scripture when it comes to doing that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, it's like, I think what God would rather you do is just be obedient mm -hmm. and not like, like when David says, I haven't tried to perceive the things that are greater than <clears> I am, <throat> you know? So Too that's my, for me. like, that's mm -hmm. my pushback, mm -hmm. but where the line is, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's difficult to define, mm -hmm. but when we're going back to just the original, we're perceiving our reality. I guess we're all mm -hmm. in agreement that it obviously starts with scripture. Mm-hmm. We're going to, I guess, we're going to be differing, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, as far as how far we can go outside of those means or bounds. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I think you bring up a good point, though, is that it what really makes the difference isn't the, the necessarily the tools, but how we're using them. So if someone is, is using this to their own glory versus to the glory of God, <clears throat> you know, so if... if uh, What's it? I think it was Mendel who created the uh, like like a lot of early genetics with 
um, grafting plants on each other and being able to control that. He did that to the glory of God as a monk. And so, I mean, like, that is natural science and using abilities to understand the world that God has made and the predictability unto the glory of God for the purpose of glorifying God. But if someone was to do it, basically, if someone was to do it for another means, like, when we know that people who are um, outside of faith, with it, with, no matter what they do, they're not doing it for the glory of God. Um, so it, I think that, I think you hit on a good point there. It's like, just by nature yeah. of doing something, uh, isn't making it right or wrong. Uh, not necessarily right or wrong, but like, is, is, it depends on why you're doing what you're doing. This is just a, I mean, it's related to a random question, but, um, was there a law that was kind of prohibiting that? What? Mixing plants, different plants. You sure? I don't think so. Like a legal law? Like a... No, from the, the Mosaic law. Oh, oh, wearing clothes of mixed, mixed fabric yeah. is a Yeah, thing, but I'm but... almost... Maybe oh, not. sowing different types of crops in your field, mm -hmm. like planting... Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to name two New World foods, but like potatoes <laughs> in your tomato field. Right. With like, it, the, and there was specific... And yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. There we go. Those are so, those what? Are so those are those words. Ancient Distrust us. Stuff they had around by. Yeah. Um, uh, but it didn't really And, and I, I think that had... Well, there's other areas that we can go i have a really interesting question that i'm going to ask when uh, until after we're done recording because oh. uh, i i think it i i don't plan on pursuing it but anyway mm -hmm. um i mean i think we've at least like kind of eric the last thing you said i think is is really all there is to say on it as far as like we we would just wind up disagreeing as to how far we can go beyond you know merely affirming the words that scripture specifically says to further than that, um, you know, being able to affirm other things that we perceive as being true based on mm -hmm. uh, nature and, and mathematics and things like that. But mm -hmm. I think I'm yeah if, leaving it there. If something is true, like actually ontologically true, God is the source of it, is what scripture teaches mm. us. Whether we uh, find that out through scripture or through another means, it's still God's. And it's mm. still God's... Um, revealing of that truth to us i think one of the things i do want to mention because i thought this was really helpful of like there's a like you're talking about like, there's a limit of how we can understand via the natural world um because we're we're finite we're, we're we're kind of grappling around to figure out uh what our environment looks like i think what's also important is um i'm gonna quote this again i quote this thousands of times uh is calvin's um summary of or uh, reminding us to be humble when we come to the scriptures and i think this is wonderful for us to remember is that God has given us the scriptures, which has revealed so much to us. Um, and that's still a condescending nurse babbling to an infant. So hmm. when we really want to talk about, like, we talk about all, so we talked a lot about knowing and learning and being, uh, and the revelation of God. And I think it's uh, terrifying and wonderful to think that God is so much beyond that hmm. um, than we can ever imagine. So um, even with general revelation, we barely scratch the surface of knowing who God is. And even with special revelation mm -hmm. we barely scratch the surface of who god is mm -hmm. and we'll never plumb the depths of mm -hmm. his wonderful terrifying self mm -hmm. okie dokie that's all folky <laughs> 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 right, love you guys <laughs>